What's up, everybody? Howie Spangler here. Uh, episode 112 of Tales from the Green Room podcast. Thanks so much, man. Uh, it's been a crazy time adjusting to all this weirdness. But, you know, starting to kind of get used to the new normal. Um, had an awesome live stream last night uh, for the Daydreams thing with the Ballyhoo guys. And... Um, Brought back a lot of memories, and I got to play the guitar that I recorded the, the album with. It just kind of sits in my studio, and figured why not bring it out for, for that show last night. So that was really special. Um, had a ton of people watch and tune in, and uh, all the support, too, is great. We, we sold um, that exclusive T-shirt, and uh, that did really well, and um, sold a bunch of vinyl. So thanks a lot for that. Uh, I just... Um, Danielle and I just... And my daughter, we all kind of worked together and packaged up all the vinyl. So it'll be going out next week. Um, what's going on? Fucking nothing. That's what's going on. Um, no, nah, I'm always working in here. You guys know that. Um, doing a lot of podcast stuff lately. So that's been cool. I've been experimenting with the video podcast stuff. I've always wanted to get into it. And, you know, now is just the right time, I guess. Um, so... <clears throat> Look for more of that coming very soon. Uh, the band is recording. We're working on some tunes, and we are working on some more videos and just all fun stuff and trying to figure out the next live stream event, what we're going to do, things like that. If you have any ideas, hit me in the DM. Um, yeah, make sure you're following over at the YouTube channel. Just follow, look for Howie Spangler. And sub up and uh, ring the bell so you don't want to go live. I'll be doing that a lot in the next uh, couple months. Today, uh, I got my friend, uh, Duddy B, Dustin Bushnell, of the Dirty Heads. Um, known this guy for about 12 years now. And um, we started touring together back in 2008, and they exploded in 2010. And it's been a really cool thing seeing them explode over the next uh, decade. Um, and uh, just as cool and as down to earth as you'd hope. And uh, it was nice to catch up. So we, we talked for about two hours. It was it was a great conversation, and we, we brought the uh, we brought the fans in for a little Q and A, and that was a lot of fun. Had some interesting questions, and um, he seemed to really enjoy himself. So, um, all right, well here it is, Duddy B from the Dirty Heads, episode number one twelve, Tales from the Green Room. Duddy B, what's going on, man? What's up? brother chilling man welcome to uh the tales pod it's been uh yes been a long time coming yeah man stoked to finally be here uh it hasn't been released yet but a lot of fun having you on the uh you know feeling good with duddy the other day that was awesome show i can't wait for people to hear it they're gonna love it oh we told some some ridiculous stories (laughs) yeah that was a fun time thanks for having me on man yeah man yeah and you did it from the bunker the bunker. I was going to go to the bunker this morning and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do it in my backyard. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I'm just yeah. waiting for my, waiting for my kids to come out here and be like, dad, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, my kids like stay upstairs. Don't bother me. <laughs> Don't bug me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, nice backyard. Thanks. Thanks. Working on it. It's a yeah. work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the hedges. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, I'm trying to let it go the whole way. That looks, that looks rad. <laughs> it's also just a highway. It's just, it's also just a, a highway for rodents. 
<laughs> you got that much vines I've learned, dude. My cat, my cat will bring me dead rodents like on the regular. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, we talked about this. He's uh you you met a family of possums that he keeps murdering. Yeah, so obviously he uh he found a nest of freshly born possum babies and every night he, he would just go out and in the morning we get a nice dead baby possum sitting at our back door and i also learned unfortunately that baby possums are fucking adorable <laughs> so i got to throw away adorable dead baby possums every morning oh it's t- that's like <sighs> hurts the heart Dude, it's like go, dude. If you're watching this, go look up baby possums. You're gonna be like, holy shit, that's fucking adorable. <laughs> and then think about them dead. That's oh, my okay. that's my morning. <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer for sure. Oh man, so um, so what's been going on, man? I I, I caught yeah, <clears throat> I got to catch up with you guys at the uh, the Roman Duddy show in Annapolis, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, you guys had to cancel the tour. You know, um. No one could have predicted this shit was going to happen, right? Right. Um, and you guys, you guys had a nice thing going. I really, you said that I caught like one of the more raw shows, but I really enjoyed it. Like I, I thought it was. Uh, you guys told like really great stories, like you, you and Rome both, and Micah, Micah crushed it. That dude, uh, dude, are fun. you kidding me? That guy is insane. Like every time, even just sitting like backstage with him, he'll just grab a guitar and just like really quick, just do something, and I'm just like. I have to practice. Like, <laughs> Quit. I'm done. He's so good, man. Yeah. And he's just the fucking nicest, coolest dude. You're just like, good man. Good man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you guys, you guys had a good thing going, man. I was, uh, I was, I was stoked to see that it was happening and I'm really glad I caught the set. And, um, I don't know. I, I could see why everybody was, was having a great time. The place was packed out and it just, it felt like, uh, it felt like a bar show, but in like the best way possible. You know? Totally. You guys, yeah. it seemed, you guys were very um, connected to the crowd and um, it didn't, it didn't have to, to me, it doesn't have to seem so pro and shit all the time because you, you guys have that in the summer and you, the, at the rest of the year, you know, with the bands, you know, yeah. and I feel like something like that is more intimate and the crowd appreciates it even more, I think, because I mean, you're right there in front of them and you're engaging and it's great. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right. And it's uh, we had no idea what to expect. I mean, when that whole tour was even brought up, like we it was supposed to be like five or six shows just up the West Coast, smaller venues. We were like, sure, you know, and it just started growing and growing. And then, uh, you know, some of the shows were in like these big theaters, you know, and then but then like the show you went, some of the shows were just these little kind of bar like that one was almost like a like a restaurant <laughs> yeah. the one you were at. It was just, everyone was just sitting down. And the, and what's crazy is they're just like five feet from you at like the same level too, like right there. So you're just like looking at them and there's no hiding behind, like you said, like this huge production and lights. And I usually have Jared who's just kind of running the show for me. So I get to kind of stay back and that's kind of where I like it, you know? <laughs> so to be up there all by yourself, but like, um, yeah, it's, it was great. Cause like you said, man, like, all the huge production and all that they've seen that and it's fun and they'll see that again, but that's a different, it's a different show. And the people that are going to that acoustic show, they've probably seen our big production show. That's why they're at the acoustic show, you know? Yeah. So it's just a, giving them a different look. And then um, with the storytelling, yeah, you know, um, our, our manager cheese, he also manages uh, Travis Tritt, the, uh, the country singer and, he does an acoustic show as well. And he's, his storytelling is so amazing. 
And that's kind of really like where me and Rome got that idea. We're like, we should, this shouldn't just be like us going up there and just playing songs. Like we should, this should be an intimate talking to the crowd, half stories, half songs, you know, and that's kind of what we, we were trying to do. Yeah. I mean, um, it was, it was very entertaining, you know, and, uh, like you, you had said, it was like more of a, it was more of the raw kind of night. Like I can see how like the, I played that room like a couple months before you did with Eric. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. 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 And it was the same. I felt the same. It was like very intimidating. It was like, yeah, it's like right there. They're right there. They could touch my shoes. You know what I'm saying? They're like, and they're like eating, like eating dinner and uh, it, it was very strange, but it ended up being one of the more fun shows on the totally. tour. Probably for that reason, you know, because <clears throat> you would um, you would say something about like stepping outside your comfort zone, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the, that night, and it was very much the same way. And it's like, but but that's what you got to do. You, you drove that point a few times that night throughout the, your set, yeah. saying how like you got to put yourself out there and really. Uh, fuck everybody just just do it you know yep. and i yep. i've been trying to live by that for years you know and even more so lately um i didn't even want to i wanted to start a podcast but i i was like thinking like who the hell wants to listen to me talk for about you know or whatever for an hour or whatever and yeah who's really going to want to listen to that and what are people going to say what are people going to think like look at this guy but then you gotta you just get over and you're like ah fuck that I don't, I, i'm just gonna do it because yeah. i want to do it and you know what the people who don't want to listen won't yeah. But the people who are listening want to be listening, you know, that's it. It's a, you're not going to, you're not going to, everything you do can't be for everyone. It's just for the people who are enjoying it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> it's, uh, <clears throat> people ask a lot. I get a lot of messages about it, you know, about people trying to get motivated to do stuff. And I'm like, well, just, just do it. You just know, do like, it. just do it. It's so important. It's so, it's so true, man. And, and, uh, I talked about that too on a few episodes back where it was like, you said like, well, what, what would they think? Or they're not going to like it or why would they? And, and I got back to thinking of like how many songs I've written in the past that I never showed anyone because in my head, I'm like, Oh, that they're going to think that's lame. And I'm talking about like my own band members, you know, like, Oh, they're gonna... and you look back and you're like, God, some of those were pretty rad. Some of them. Yeah. They probably would have been like, dude, that's terrible. <laughs> But, you know, it's like, but what's the point? I should have at least just showed them all of them. And then who knows, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've been, I've been shut down a couple of times, you know, I'll write songs and <clears throat> we'll get in the booth and uh, the guys haven't heard the lyrics yet, you know, and I just start yeah. singing and they're just like, this is fucking whack. You know? Dude, oh, all the time. A couple of times. And I get like, I fume about it, man. I'm like, you're attacking my art. You, know? you don't know me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one thing when it's like, people on the outside like fans or whatever that are like maybe like eh, this isn't that great or whatever when they're criticizing you. but when it's your own family your own bandmates that are telling you that stuff it just hurts even more i think totally it hurts the pride um oh, i saw greg shields he's in the chat right now but um he's i don't see that. the chat that's uh, you don't see the chat. oh i was i was in private chat now i see i'm in the live chat i see this is my first time on this thing i i really like it though it's dope yeah, it's neat. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring some uh, some people. If you got some questions for Duddy, man, like throw them out. We'll we'll bring them in later. Um, but yeah, uh, I saw Greg in here floating around and um from Cashed Out. Love that guy. He, he's helped me out with a lot of lyrics um in the past. Like we written co-written a lot of songs together. Nice. And one of them was uh, Ross Vader. It's it's a track from our, our girls' record. And I when I had written it, I had the music for a couple of years, 
And all I could think of in my head was like, uh, this is kind of a party song. I was in my head. It was like, we're at a party. It's like people driving cars into the pool. Everybody's taking their shirts off. You know, it's that kind of, it's that kind of party. You know I mean? Just, I'm trying to set up like a really rad scene. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I start singing about it and the band's just like, shit's whack. And I got pissed off and <laughs> Greg was there. We had flown him out to Sonic ranch to kind of help out. Oh, so I only had about spot. half the record written, you know, as far as lyrics. <clears throat> and um, and he, I was just like, you do it. And I just like left. And the next day, he, like he came, he had a whole, whole song full of lyrics. And uh, it was, it was a completely different vibe. It was about like, kind of like how humans need to treat the earth better and stuff like that. And I wouldn't really write stuff like that. Um, yeah. That would be a really rad song and people really enjoy it. But um, anyway, so thanks Greg for that. But uh, yeah, so you feel that every now and then it's like, even with your own bandmates, you know, and, uh, you, it's the chance you take you have to just go for it and put yourself out there. And if it doesn't work, you know, you adjust, you assess, yeah. you adjust and you go yeah. back. Dude, it's, it's so true. And it's like, you're, you're never gonna, and it's just, we always talk about it's like every time you go in the studio, you're not going to write a hit, you know, it's like, you're going to write some pretty wacky shit in, in the, in between, you know, but while doing that, you're going to come across some, some good stuff. And one of Jared's favorite things he always, he always laughs at me about, cause I'll hit him up and be like, Hey, you're either going to love this or you're going to fucking hate this. You know? And he's just like, yes, I can't wait. What is it? You know? And we go back to one of the first we were writing and this line is so ridiculous. And it, and we laugh about it all the time. And this was, we were writing any port in a storm, we hadn't even ever really put out like a, a album really yet, you know? And, and, and this was the first time I'm like, dude, this, this is either really good or really bad. I need you to let me know. And my line was smooth grooves and attitude. <laughs> <laughs> smooth grooves and attitude. He fucking fell on the ground laughing. And he was like, you absolutely cannot say that. <laughs> And I was like, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> can you please, is, can you make that the next Gutty solo record? Dude, as the title. S- smooth grooves and attitude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, please. Oh, Dude, don't fuck. let that die, man. Use that Dude, somewhere. That's, I'm going to get that tattooed on my face. <laughs> on your lower back, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So do you find that... Uh, that Jared is a good barometer for what is going to be like dope, you know, like what you guys going to use for the, for the dirty head stuff. Yeah. You know, he, I'm very old school, you know, like I'm rarely like digging for new music. I'm still listening to like old school music and shit, you know, and uh, I don't really like know what's new in fashion and like, I'm not that guy, but Jared's like very, on to what's new and what's hip and what people are doing and stuff. So yeah, it's definitely nice to have that in there. Cause you know, I'll, I'll bring something to the table sometimes. So like, dude, that's so outdated, you know, <laughs> like, and then he'll show me some newer shit. I'm like, all right, I get it. So yeah, he, he definitely is a nice barometer of kind of like what the kids are into these days. <laughs> right. Right. Now, when you guys, when you guys write a song, um, I, I kind of came to a realization <clears throat> over the last year or so that like, there's so much pressure when you're trying to, you know, write that song, you know, um, I, I imagine like, you know, there may have, there may have been attempts to sort of recreate the magic of, uh, um, lay me down, uh, which, you know, I, I've done that as well. Like, I'll be like, man, that, that was really cool. Like what if something similar or something mm-hmm. kind of the same kind of sound, like, will it be the same effect? And, 
Uh, it's, there's a lot of factors that go into that um, when a song pops. But uh, I started really thinking about the last year or so. It's like, I'm just going to stop trying to write that song. Like, it, it, it just gets, shit gets so much easier, you know, when you're like not trying to like craft the hit or something. You know, because, and that's not to say that I don't put my best foot forward when I write a song. Mm. But my expectations aren't, they're, they're like manageable, you know. And so when you guys get together and are write, writing songs together, is it like, what's the mentality? Or, I mean, you just just writing cool shit that you want to hear and you yeah. don't really care what people that's, think? That's, ex- I mean, honestly, we've, from day one, like our pet fucking peeve when we're in the studio it's like because we we really like to like try and write with different people different producers and whatever we just and honestly it's like 90 percent of the time it doesn't work you know but we've we've found a couple gems in there while doing that like we still write by ourselves a lot and just with our band but every time we are in the writing process we try to go out and write with new people and just to get new ideas and stay fresh and it's like some of these people man it's like the first thing they're like all right man let's listen to like a, a couple of like the number one singles right now. And like, let's just try and remake those or it's just instantly like, we got to get a number one hit. It's gotta be a, a single, you know, you're just like, Oh yeah. It just takes all the vibe away. It takes all the fuck enjoyment of it away for me. It's like, we're like you said, we honestly, when we're writing songs, we, it just has to sound cool to us. That's all we care about. At the end of the day, if when we're listening to it, we're like, this is dope. Good. Yeah, I don't care if I don't want to be like, I'm not really into it, but it could be like a single, you know, like that's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I feel like I feel like, um, you know, every band has their sound uh, and you guys are really spread. You, you guys are really spread it out like you guys acoustic and um, uh, the, the self title was like not the self titled. Um, which one was like super like hip hop driven? Uh, like, um, that? I, that was sound of change. Sound of change. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, that came out and it was like, Whoa, it was, but it was cool. You know, it was, it was a good thing. And it was interesting to, to wrap my brain around it. It had some fucking <clears throat> bangers on that record. Yeah. Um, and I think that, um, it's like, no matter what you do, you sound like dirty heads. You just like, no matter what we do, we sound like Ballyhoo, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, it becomes a thing of like a, like a personal brand in a way. It's like, as long as you're staying true to, to what you like and what you're into and things that you would like to hear, you know, you know, it's like your, your fans are going to like that as well. It's like, because it's you, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they just know your sound and if there's something familiar about it. Um, so when you can put that behind you, like the whole, like, I am not going to try to write a hit. I'm just going to write cool shit. Yeah. Um, I think it goes a lot further and, and I think the fans appreciate it more. You well, know? it's real, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's very easy to see someone who's just trying to be famous or just trying to be, make money. Right. And then you see the guy here like, no, that's just a musician. That guy just, he loves music. He, he loves what he's playing. He's feeling it. He's in that zone right there and he's killing it. You know, like you could see that or you see the dude, like I said, you're just like, Oh, you're just like, you're faking it to make it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, there was definitely that pressure. Um, we had, a <clears throat> we had a song hit the radio in 2012 and it was a big year for us. It was like warp tour and there was all kinds of things going on and daydreams, <laughs> 
Daydreams hadn't been out a year yet. It was about nine months into the cycle. Yeah. And um, we hit the summer and it was Warped Tour and we sold so many copies of that record. And we got a song called Last Night on the radio and it was a uh, punk rock kind of people compared it to like Panic at the Disco sort of meets Sublime or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, whatever. That's cool. And uh, it did really well. And we got like six ads on like legit stations and then and then a bunch of like plays and yeah college and, and uh specialty and all that totally and um and the guy we had uh doing our stuff brett greenberg was just amazing he's, he's a great radio guy to have on your side um he works with epitaph now but uh he did some work and and you know his relationships and stuff worked out for the band and uh things popped so we thought like oh okay there's like really something for this so we felt like this sort of pressure to sort of like match what we had done. And, and then it's like, as soon as <laughs> when 2013 came along, it was like, I say in one of my new songs on the solo record, but suddenly it wasn't cool to play guitar in a rock song. Like it was just gone like that. Like all of a sudden it's dance music. Totally. And, and like <clears throat> guitars aren't a thing heavy guitars, you know, unless you're like on a, you know, butt rock active rock, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was just all of a sudden it was like, you know, and there were certain uh, uh, music directors that still love the band and, and they tried to play us. But like the higher ups just wouldn't let it happen, you know, and it, caught, it kind of fizzled out. So <clears throat> and then we were just like, what do we do? Like we kind of felt like, do we keep pursuing the, trying to do the radio stuff? We were trying radio campaigns up until a couple of years ago. And eventually we just stopped. I'm like, man, let's just stop. We're spending all this money you know, and, and I don't feel like trying to write the hit anymore. Are we going on a tour of your house now? No, I'm not. <clears throat> sorry. I'm just trying to get somewhere with a little more light. That's okay. That This does look better. <clears throat> we, uh, you know, it's just that pressure goes away and I can just write cool shit again and not have to worry about that. Totally. But, uh, so no, I feel you, man. That's, it's, it's nice to just write what you want to write and enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you turn up your uh, your input a little bit? Your gain is that better? Yeah, it's better. Sweet. Cool. Um, so, uh, uh, dude, tell me about you know when the band started. Like, I heard this story a little bit at the show that you know, last month, but yeah, tell me what's up. I mean, honestly, it was just uh, me and Jared would just sit in my room or my garage, you know, whatever, and we would just write these silly raps, pretty much, you know, and I would just play like a lick. And I'd play one lick because <laughs> I didn't know two. <clears throat> and, and we would just write these silly raps, you know, over and over. And a lot of times it was just kind of like making fun of each other or whatever it was. <clears throat> and we did that for a bit. And we, you know, we were just having a good time with it. And we would have other friends that would come and write. And we, that's what we did. We'd all just sit there and write raps and just kind of joke around and drink and smoke or whatever. And, and then uh, it got to the point where I was, I remember I was like, God, Jared's actually like really good at rapping. Like, it's not like, yeah, it's just funny and we're joking, but you're like, every time you're like, God, that's actually pretty good, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember, we, you know, when I was like, let's try and write like, it's like an actual, let's like write a song, you know, like not trying to be dorks. And we wrote like Antelope and we showed some of our friends and our- That was your first song together? That was like our first song, like Antelope, you know, awesome. like- Awesome song. And, and uh, we showed some people, you know, and they were all like, fuck that's really cool like i haven't heard something like that you know and then we were like all right and then we wrote uh i got no time so though we had like those two and then um 
we just, you know, started showing our friends and family and they, everyone was just like, God, that's actually really cool. You know, it's, you know, I want to say, I wanted to laugh at you, but that's actually pretty cool, you know? And then we started doing the little local open mics and coffee shops and little bars and whatnot. And just, you know, John, John came in and started playing percussion with us. John, John was percussion player for my brother's band surround sound at the time. And, uh, yeah, man, it, just little by little, we started growing this community, you know, and then we uh, recorded like a five song EP and just started passing them out at the little shows and whatnot. And one of those got in the hands of Cheese, who's our manager, and he hit us up and was like, fuck, I want to manage you guys. And it was just all kind of like, wait, what? It happened very organically and kind of, you know, raw and it just kind of happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's dude. I mean, what a killer for a song! Like, like yeah. <laughs> when I first heard, it, I was like, "Man, this is cool as shit. This is so like different." And uh, and John John's killing all the hand drums. Oh, man. dude, he's it's he really drives it. It's crazy, man. Like he's so good. It's uh, it's pretty it's pretty special to watch like an actual percussion player. You know, right. it's like a lot of percussion players I've seen. You know, and not trying to hate or nothing, but I feel like they're just drummers. And that band they're in already had a drummer. So they're like, well, you can play percussion, you know? And they're like, yeah, I can keep a beat, you know, like, and it's not terrible, but you're like, yeah, but that a percussion player is different than a drummer. And it's like, God, so some of the shit John does, like we've had to randomly throughout the years, um, like play a few shows without John, you know, like last summer tour, two summer tours ago, his, his father passed away during the tour. Mm -hmm. So he had to head home and he missed like three or four shows. And, when he's not there, oh my, you're just like, oh, sh it's so empty. Ew, like, where's all the fun stuff? Like, <laughs> he fills in all those holes so well, you know? Yeah, yeah, damn. Yeah, I know, I know the feeling. We, we, run a, we run tracks on a lot of songs, you know? It's, um, and so, like, when, when something goes wrong, when it always does, uh, yeah. you know, uh, more often than not, there's always a problem. But um, and Donald has to cut the track out. It just, it's like, ugh, what happened? Oh my god! god. Oh, totally. Like, like uh, we're just the, like a band now. It's weird, right? <laughs> it's, yeah, like obviously we run, we we play the uh, tracks as well, you know, because um, we got all sorts of shit going on, like horns and crap. It's like we don't have a horn player, <laughs> you know. So it's like, yeah, we and and to a click, you know. So you got to be on a click track. So that every, to play to, with backing tracks, you got to be on a click track. Yep. And dude, sometimes random crap will go on and you'll start that song and the click will just be like off time or something. And you're just like, oh, and immediately Matt just blink, no tracks. And you're just playing, you like you said, the whole song. And you're just like, and, and it, it's funny too, because like most of the time, seems like no one notices. Yeah. But you on stage, you're just like, I'm naked. Oh. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm missing it. You know, yeah. there's like all these cool layers and stuff too. Totally. It's, all, yeah. It's, it adds all the fun. It's all the tasties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. So, um, <clears throat> did you guys work with Rob Cavallo on that record? Any we worked. Story? We did. Um, well, not the full album, any point in storm, just sales to the wind. Okay. which was like the, the first like EP ish we put out with Warner. But what happened with that is Warner brothers was the first label that signed us. Okay. And we never actually put any music out with them. Uh, we were recording that first album. And right when we were, we, when we were recording that first album, any port in a storm is kind of when the music industry just took a shit 
it's when all the like Napster and the downloading and you know the no one was buying albums anymore like that that was all going so all these record labels were just tanking you know because the record labels make their money off record sales yeah. the bands make their money off touring and shit so the bands are still making money touring but the record labels aren't making no fucking money because no one's buying albums freaking out <laughs> so they they did they just like they didn't drop us but they just weren't doing anything with us and we had all this music we were recording and they and you could tell they just didn't want to put any money into us they were scared but they but but we were like young and like we wanted to just go and a really cool thing they did is like we had a meeting with them and we were like look like we get what's happening here like we see the industry's falling apart like and you guys they had at the time like a few big ass bands and it's like you're gonna put all your effort into them right now like green day and avenge sevenfold and things like that and we're like can we just go can we just like go but can we have the album that we recorded and they paid for all the recording and everything they i mean and they were like sure that's amazing. They're like, go ahead, man. So they just let us walk and they let us keep all the music we recorded that they had paid for everything. Wow. So it was pretty cool that they did that. And then, you know, from there, we uh, found like another indie label and we recorded like the, we finished the full length, any port in a storm and put it out. So, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Man. They let you keep the record. Let us keep the record and did with and didn't ask for anything. No points, no, you know, percentage, wow. nothing. Just kind of like, we get it. We're sorry. Good luck. Yeah. Damn. So you guys own the record. Yep. And 100%. then, and then uh, so what that was like, did that, did that come out in 08 or something like that? Oh, no. I think it was earlier than that. I want to say like 06. Okay. Oh, maybe even earlier. I don't know. But yeah, somewhere around there. Because you guys were working that for a while. Any Port in a Storm? I... We toured off Any Port in a Storm for like four years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, damn. So they, you guys move on. You get to keep the record that you didn't have to pay for and has amazing production on it. Like it sounds, it sounds awesome. And the songs are great. And then, you know, you repackage it with lay me down once that pops. And then all of a sudden you've got this big record that yeah. you didn't pay for. And it's just like, I mean, oh, I wonder whoever at Warner saw that. There's like, holy shit. Well, it was wild, man. Cause yeah, like you said, we had to repackage the album to put lay me down on because lay me down. Wasn't even <laughs> it, when that song first got spun on the radio it wasn't even mixed it wasn't mastered it was just a demo it wasn't even supposed to be there it was like an accidental situation where that that demo that we had sent our manager accidentally got dragged onto a cd that they were taken to a meeting at k-rock k-rock wanted to listen to like three songs off off of any port in a storm and maybe choose one to play on the radio and it was going to be like stand tall and like believe and like Chelsea or what, something like that. Those were like the three they wanted to maybe play. And when cheese went there to have the meeting, somehow that demo of lay me down got onto that demo CD. And when they played it, the first song that played for K rock was lay me down. And they were like, we love it. We're going to play it right now. Pink. And then that was it. <laughs> wow. It was like, it was like the song of the summer, right? It was like 11 weeks or something at Alternative? Number something one. like that. Yeah, it broke 
like two records and I think it still holds them. It was the, the longest reign on number one for a rock song and then a number one reign for alternative for an indie band at number one ever. <laughs> it was just like, what? Yeah. <clears throat> That's amazing, man. That's that pretty crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then we've never done that again since. So <laughs> it seems so easy. It was like, oh, that's our first one. It's number one. We're the best. What are we going to do? No. Great. Oh, no. let's see. Very hard. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's not easy. That's for yeah. sure. Jason Tudor says, check the levels. Another dope song with some good meaning to it. What, what, is, uh, what is the meaning of uh, check the level? What's that song about? That one was actually, um, you know, Jared had this idea for like, you know, kind of like the, the kids in school that, you know, maybe weren't the cool kids or maybe a little awkward, but like, you know, they had all this passion and drive inside. And I mean, as they get older, you know, they let that out and they become to do like great things and like, kind of like show everyone, like, you know, almost don't judge a book by its cover, like kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> what I feel like. Yeah. That's great, man. <clears throat> that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. a fun one. That uh, one of my favorites from that record, um, Hip Hop Misfits, mm. so sick, dude. That was another one too. That was uh, Jared, you know, idea. Obviously, I I just play some acoustic on that, like a little bit. <laughs> that song's a, a hip hop song, and that was one where I remember I like left early the night before I was tired. So I left the studio session early and I came back the next morning and they're like, dude, look at this song we did last night. And they, they showed me, it was just like a verse. It was just like the beat and a verse. And I was just like, what the fuck, you know? And they were like, all right, well you got to write, you know, a second verse for it. And I was like, no, <laughs> this is a Jared song. Like let him crush this. I will stand in the background gladly. <laughs> Yeah, that's that was. A, I remember the first time I heard that we did a, we did a tour together in uh, the end of 2008. We finally got together for like three or four weeks or something like that. I think it was like November, December. Yeah. And uh, we were playing these little tiny bars and just. I remember Profit Bar in Dallas. We had. Oh man. Show up. Oh yeah. <clears throat> uh, and um, we just. I remember just sitting at the bar and just getting drunk yep. with everybody. Was I'm pretty sure you were on this show with us as well. And I, I want to say it was like one of the Carolinas, South or North Carolina. And it was a little tiny, like almost like a tiki hutish bar. And there was three people there. And do you remember the three people? One was a like humongous chick. Right. And then uh, the other one was a little person, a lady, like a girl, a little person, girl. And then the other one and they were all three together. This was a crew. And then the other one was like a 70 pound, just methed out chick, just smoking cigarette the whole time. So and they got and they were just hammered and they weren't there to see us. They weren't they didn't they were just there to sit at the bar. And I remember they were it was a live stream thing. Do you remember this? I'm, oh my god! I'm almost. I I could be. I'm. I thought it was you guys that were there, but maybe not. But we played this show to three people, and then the little person got so hammered during our set that she fell backwards off her stool, 
in the bar. And, oh, I, do, I do remember this. Okay, good. And then she's like on her back, like a turtle. She can't get up cause she's freaking hammered. And she's like, and the bartender like walks around the bar and he's trying to help. This is mid set. We just stopped and we're just all laughing. Cause there's nobody there. Um, and, uh, and she starts yelling at the bartender, like, don't touch me. You're just trying to fuck me. Just, I'm like trying to not yell with my kids, but like, oh my God, it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. So that was the crew. It was like this huge ass chick and then a little person and the methed out chick. And they came in together and that was the hangout crew. Like, it was like <laughs> oh my God. Oh man. Yeah. I want to say that was like uh South Carolina or something. I think it was South Carolina Beach or something. Or yeah. Something it like was that. just a little like middle of nowhere place, but fuck, we had a good time. We, we made the best of it. <laughs> Those are good times. Yeah. Um, yeah. We played, I remember playing this place called uh Kefi with you guys. That was in North Carolina in Wilmington, actually UNC. And uh, the, the crowd like was so stoked to see you guys. Um, I guess they had heard the the stuff, you know, antelope and things like that and uh they had um it was just that was like i remember any anytime we played there it's like you get all these drunk college kids that are just right up on the front and like all the dudes are just grinding on all the girls like it was just like straight up dirty dancing everybody's wasted it was just such a fun like you know a fun night you know just exciting totally man i I do miss that a lot like the the days of just playing like the little ass places with 10 people there. Yeah. And you know, and then you write when you're done playing, you just go sit at the bar with those yeah. 10 people. Yeah, and like, you know, and you're usually just like hanging out with all the bands that are on tour with you. Wow. And you guys are all, it's, it's good times. Yeah. You know, Rich and Brandmeyer back there doing, selling merch and tour managing. He's got the long yeah. hair. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those are, those are good times, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I remember the first time I heard hip hop misfits was when you guys did it live at one of those shows. And I was just like every night, just made sure I was there for it. It was just like, it just hit so hard, dude. Was, yeah. That was, that was uh, the first one. I think that like we we were really saw like that transition where we're like, Oh, we can actually just like do this hip hop shit. You know, yeah. like before that, like our hip hop was like antelope or I got time or believe, you know, and like, which are great songs. I love them. But like, I think the hip hop misfits was the first one we wrote, which mostly was Jared, but that we were, we were like, Oh, wait a second. We don't have to be scared to go all in on this hip hop shit. Like no. <laughs> it's down to change was like yeah. loaded with 808s. And that's what, well, sound of change. Honestly, when we went in to write that one, we kind of were like, dude, let's, we need to write some bangers for the live set. Like yeah. we need to step the live set up. So like one of the first tracks I think we wrote for sound of change was hip or uh, burn slow. Mm, mm. and then we were kind of like oh we we're like oh we could just go all in on this hip-hop and then like you said we just were like 808s big bass let's go <laughs> when you come out and you do medusa and it's like <laughs> it's fun it's man right? it is like the, like there's it's like i love nothing more than just like a mellow soft acoustic song like Ooh, just like I could listen to that all day, but man, you hit me with some heavy ass 808. You're just like, <laughs> it's a different feeling. You know? <laughs> it really is. But it, it works for you guys. It's uh, totally something that, that people came to know. And, um, and you know, it's whenever you put out a new record uh, and you know, it sounds different. Like, especially, mm-hmm. it's especially when you know, it sounds different. It's oh, like, yeah. you're, you're like, okay, what are people going to think about this? Yes. That's got to go through your mind. 
Totally. I mean, that's kind of why we like named that one sound of change. <laughs> like we're warning you, this is very different. Very different. Um, uh, we kind of love it, man, to be honest, like we really, act, and then we never go into a record like, yes, with sound of change, we said we wanted to make some bangers, some bigger ones, but we, ne- we didn't go in with an actual idea of what they should sound like. Yeah. We just were like, we need some more upbeat, some big, some big stuff for the live show. And that's kind of what came out. So like, we're never really go in and go, let's write this type of stuff. We just start writing, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever comes out, comes out. And like, once we kind of come across something that we're like, Oh, that's dope. Then we kind of like, okay, that's the vibe for this album, you know? And then we'll kind of like go with that a little bit, but it's always different. And that's just how it is. Like, it's uh, like you said, like earlier when we were in the pod, uh, you know, we had so many different styles, but it always sounds like the dirty heads. You guys have different shit, but it always can sound like Ballyhoo. Like, and one of my favorite things growing up was the Beastie Boys, one of my favorite bands still. And that's what I loved about them, man. They had so many different styles. They had hard rock songs. They had like punk songs. They did like joke country songs. They had a whole album that was just uh, instrumental funk songs. And then they had their hip hop shit. But the one, you give me one bar. I'm like Beastie Boys. Yep. Like it doesn't matter. It's just like, no matter what they do, you're like, that's the Beastie Boys. Yeah. There's a signature thing there. There's some fundamental, it's like in the DNA, no matter what they do, you know, Um, it's a, I even had, I, I, I wrote a song for pacifier, um, and, uh, good, good friends of mine. And, um, I yeah, like, Yo, write a song for you guys. They were like, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. You know, they were, they were down to try some different stuff and I wrote a song for them and, you know, I recorded it with, with my shit here. I got the Kemper, I got all, you know, just my tones, my, my guitar, you know, everything. Yeah. Um, did a little vocal stuff on it. Just kind of give an idea, you know, applied sort of my, just my little bells and whistles that I do, you know? And uh, a few days, I hadn't heard anything a few days. And I was like, yo, Ted, like, what's up? And they were like, it's really Ballyhoo. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, totally. I was like, all right, look, I get it. I get it. But like, just try to imagine you guys playing it with your gear and the way you do stuff. And you can yeah. change shit. I'm not married to it. Just yeah. make it your own. Imagine covering this song. Like, just think about it that way. Yeah. And like, it just, I guess it didn't gel with them or something. But yeah. like. It, you know, I, so I get it. You know, it's like, we all have our own. You got your own now. things, man. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. And I, I have to like, uh, catch myself sometimes too. Cause like, I'll be like mid writing a verse, you know, and I'll be like, oh, I've said most of this like five times. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably restart this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you do? Do you, um, use your, uh, your voice notes and things like I'm, that? I'm a, I'm a voice note guy for melody ideas. Mm-hmm. Like if I come up with a melody or sometimes I'll just like a line or something will come in my head or even just a cool word. I'm like, Oh, that's a dope word. I'll just say it in my notes. But honestly, when I start writing, writing like, okay, I'm actually going to knock these lyrics out right now. I don't write down one thing. I never have. I've never written a lyric down. Uh, I just, I literally, I, I'll pace and I just go over it in my head until it's just like, and then it's just like, okay, I got it. So you're Jay-Z. <laughs> That's what Jared always says. Cause Jared will be in the, in the booth with papers out and like his thing and he maps it out and everything. And like, and then I'll just go in there with nothing and he'll be like, well, how, what? I'm like, I don't know. It's just how I let me do my thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I mean, even, guys, even guys like Eminem, 
you've seen his scrawlings before, right? Oh yeah, totally. He just writes this. You can't even make sense of it. That's, that's Jared too, man. It's like a word over here, a line over here, like scribbles, all this stuff. And, but in his head, it's like, he's got this mapped out and he goes in there and just murders it, you know? And that's how he gets it out. by just kind of like, boom, boom. And I get it out by just kind of like pacing. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, yeah. you're, uh, I remember you being uh, really good at like, just kind of come up with things on the fly mm. and uh, sort of, you know, just freestyling here and there. Um, do you remember that, remember that party that we played? Cause we lost a show in like Austin or something. You had a friend and we played in this apartment. I do. It was so fun. We played like, just like for hours, man. Just, and we were playing each other's songs and like, you know, there was like a small audience there. Like, um, she invited some of her friends over and I 100% remember this, man. Such a great night. man. I remember that it was like, uh, it was like, a Oh, you guys could stay here if you're down to play some songs. You know, yeah, we were like, easy. at that age, we're like, sure, man, we don't have to go pay for a hotel and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was awesome. There, there's videos of that floating around somewhere. But um, the uh, I, I remember just like us doing a couple songs and like Jared, like just, you know, throwing some some shit over top and and then me like singing, singing harmonies on you know, Stan's Hall or, or whatever, yeah. like just a great. And then we each had our own performance, but then we sort of came together. It just became a little jam sesh. Yeah. I totally yeah, remember so that. Fun. And it, but John brought the hand drums in. Yeah. What a great night. And, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's the stuff. Like you do miss that. Like you're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. You're going to go to someone's house and just stay there. I know. <laughs> no, it's the same. Like there's, there's maybe, maybe three houses around the United States now that, that we stay at anymore. Um, we got, you know, you get, you do it so often. I mean, and <clears throat> speaking on the subject, it's like, you, you really see the hospitality in the, the crowd out there, you know, like the people, like the, the good side, you hear all this bad stuff all the time and you see the good side, man. And, um, people that you don't even know that just take you in and let you use the shower and yep. put you up and feed you and, you know, drink all their beer and stuff. I wrote a song about it. It's called cheers, you know, just, yeah. um, you really see that. And, but you know, there's always the weirdos, you know, oh, you do some, there's you always the yin and with the yang, you, you know, know, do you have a good one? Do you have a good, uh, just a weird night? Oh, weird. Oh my God. So many. I it's, it's, it, like we were talking the other day, it's hard. Like there's so many that they all just start to blend together. And when someone's like, Oh, you got this one. You're like, I do. What one? <laughs> it's hard to like pick one out, but, um, it is. Oh God. If I could think of one, man, we, while you're thinking, we, we had yeah. one where, uh, we ended up, it was one of the last times that we did this and we stayed at someone's house and, uh, they, they made us food. Um, and they, and they had this, this big dog that was scratching at the door all night and crying. So nobody slept. And it was like on the floor, you know, um, Jr. like threw up from the food that we ate. Oh, it was just one of those weird nights. There was another one, uh, where this stayed at this kid's house in like Kentucky or something. It was really nice, but he was like, we get back and he's blasting our music. He, it's, and the room, there's no carpet. It's just one of those like empty. It's like the, it's a kid, you know, like a 19 year old. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. single dude. There's a road cone in the corner. It's shit like that. Just blasting the music on like fucking 13. And like, 
and we're just like, bro, we just want to like chill. We cool just chill. Like they just were like they just were like, oh, you guys are in a band. You're going to party till the sun comes up, right? Like, no, no, no. And then we ended That's- up. We played a college campus. We get invited back to this party. This is like I was fucking thirty. <laughs> we go back and like we're we're like these they look like children they look like 12 year olds drinking beer you know yeah. and, and it was so funny man <clears throat> and i'm like i got my pillow and like i was always the first to like find the place to sleep and i'm out somewhere yeah so I'm, I'm walking in this party and i'm like i feel like the old dude, weird dude right and um oh it was so hilarious man i remember having a drink we're standing out out back uh I'm just having a drink by the keg, just me and a few of the few of the guys, and the cops show up, and they're like, "Holy shit, it's the cops!" And, and we're like, "Oh!" And we go, "Wait, I'm fucking thirty, bro!" Like, <laughs> and uh, the cops show up. They're coming in the back door with flash in the gate with flashlights. What's up? What's going on? I'm like, "What's up, guys?" Yeah, <laughs> and they're you know, like, everybody, "Hello, sir." <laughs> yeah, hello, sir. Everybody took off except the thirty year olds. That is so funny, man. And looking back, it's like, could we have gotten in trouble for drinking with a bunch of 19 year olds? I don't know, but that was like the last time we did that. I was like, we're never going to a college party again. No, I I did that. I did that. And one time too, and it wasn't long ago. I was, this was probably like four or five years ago. So I was probably like 34, 35. And I remember it was a same thing. We played like a, you know, some sort of college show near the campus and our bus is parked right freaking there. And like, Hey, good. Our keyboard player, I remember was like, let's just go walk down the street, you know, like the, we'll just like take a little stroll, see what's happening. And it was like late midnight, one in the morning and we're walking and there's like a house, fat house having this huge party. And we just strolled in and I was like, what am I doing here? And I remember walking through and we get like all the way to the backyard. There's all these people. And I just remember <laughs> going, Fucking Duddy's here. That everyone's just Duddy. I just remember going, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. Uh, yo, so if you got questions for Duddy, man, throw them up right now. We'll get them up here. Um, so, uh, what are you guys working on now? Like, um, I mean, there's a lot of time. So, yeah, man, we actually like just finished a new album. Nice. Um, it's so, it's a, uh, it's so smaller one. I think it's eight songs, eight songs. And, uh, we're going to be releasing that hopefully really soon. We want to, we want to put out some new music very soon. So like we might even release one of the tracks, like, you know, hopefully in the next week or two. And then, um, you know, I don't have an exact date, but we, we have a new album and it is done and we are going to be releasing it at some point. That's great, man. Yeah. Um, did I hear, uh, I think I saw this somewhere like last year or the year before. Did you guys stop pressing CDs for the shows? I I heard the the reason I ask is because Best Buy was going to stop selling CDs. Oh, wow. Right. This is like 2018, maybe. Yeah. Um, And I thought I heard somewhere that you guys were considering it or you were just like focused on digital because that's just where we are now and kind of going into the streaming age um no i know we always are going to do vinyl right we're still always going to press vinyl um as far as i know we might still print small numbers of cds for like local like you know record stores that are still open Mm -hmm. because we do do stuff with with some record stores still but you know what that's a good question i don't even i don't even know (laughs) um what uh oh here we're ted ted bound 
<clears throat> we'll always have our MySpace combos from 2005. <laughs> Maybe not. Mine has been wiped. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, MySpace. If you is MySpace still like up? Can you go and like see your old MySpace? Um, it was like a year ago. I I think I even logged in. I don't remember if like messages are still there. What it's a trip. different platform now. Dude. I remember the first time I came across like MySpace, which was like the first social media. It, I didn't understand it at all. I was, uh, I, I was living with my friend, John, not John, our percussion player, but a different guy. And I don't know. I must, I was maybe 20, I guess, 21 or something. And I remember I like went in his room and he's on his computer, you know? And, and he's like, got this like chick up and she was like a hot chick. And I'm like, who's, who's that? Who are you talking to? He's like, Oh, it's my friend. I'm like, I've never, well, I've known you forever and I've never seen her. He's like, no, it's like my friend on MySpace. And I was like, I don't get it. And he's like, I, you know, it's like this thing. And I, these are my friends. They follow me and like we chat. And I was like, well, tell them to come over. Well, she lives in Tennessee, you know, and I'm just like, I was so confused by it, man. I it's just like, what and then, this? yeah, I was like, hey, maybe you're friends, but you've never met them and they follow you. I'm, I don't get it. Strange. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was definitely a turning point. Like, Oh, four, Oh five. You start seeing the MySpace and, uh, yeah. Wrote a, what a weird time. I, yeah, I was, but then, yeah, it's like, that's all I started seeing. Like the next day and on, it was just like MySpace. It's just like, Oh shit. This is a thing. Study. Did you get the cookies at the Portland, Oregon show that were left at the bus? Would they just leave them like by the bus tire? <laughs> um, well, shoot. We have had many cookies left for us many a times. I will say that we always do get them and we right. always do eat them. What were the cookies? What flavor were they? What, what did they look like? And then maybe it will spark my memory of which pack of cookies they were. <laughs> but thank you, Kat. I appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Tawny says, what's the most memorable, beautiful after jam session you remember? The most beautiful after jam session? Maybe like an after party, after show type of thing. You guys kind of do some oh, stuff. You, you know what? I will say one that I remember, and it was with you, Howie. And it was on a private island after we did the 311 show on that private island when the we got off the boat. And we went and then we played that show on the private island. And then me and you and your beautiful wife and Jared and John, John and all of our ladies. And, and we just strolled back into the middle of the island by ourselves and found like a little private lagoon and just kicked it That's and drank right, beers. Man. And like that shit was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. We took the acoustics and, and the beer. Yep. Oh man. Yep. That, what a, what a great day that was an awesome experience that was an amazing day and that day destroyed me for like a month after that strictly because of this i don't know what was going through my mind uh that was that show was on a beach in the middle of the island and it was the sunniest day in the history of the world and yes i you guys were gonna die thought that and, and the stage had no cover no. And the sun was right at me. It was right. And it was for some no reason. For some reason, that was the show I decided I'm not going to wear a hat. <laughs> and I didn't put any sunscreen on. And my nose, if <laughs> look at this thing, okay? It's not small. <laughs> so <laughs> and the light dances on that just right. Dude, it's it's a big guy. And uh it got so blasted out by the sun during that show that it was just a 
the next day I woke up and my, it was like, my nose was like falling off. And I just had a scab nose for like a month. Like the whole thing was just purple and just fucked. <laughs> yeah. That was like the hottest day of that whole run. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, you guys were red, man. By the end, done. Poor Matt, dude. Oh Matt my god, sad. I remember that. Matt was a fucking mess. Ugh. Oh, yeah. What, what a terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, any promoters or any people putting on shows out there, if you're gonna have a show outdoors in the middle of the day, make sure there's some shade for that band, man. Make sure there's some shade. It's as simple. It's as simple as a little canopy. <laughs> man. I know there's some simple tweaks you can make. Yes, to really make it that much better for the band, dude. And one that we talked about the other day. Another one that's like, if you're a guy out there doing anything that has to do with shows or anything, there has to be a bathroom backstage, man. There has to be a bathroom backstage. There's one fucking thing. <laughs> Please, I, I don't ask for much, dude. No, dude. It, it's very like I think people, you know, it's uh, we are definitely not hard to please. No. And especially the guys that are doing big shit like you guys, you're nice guys. Like it's very you don't ask for a lot. I don't ask for shit. Can you please put a bathroom backstage? That's it. That's all I ask. I, it, there's nothing like having to sneak through the public in the in the club when you got to poop. Or you got to pee right before you go on stage and there's a fucking line. Yeah. Like, that's the worst. Like, I got to go on stage in four minutes and I got to pee so bad and there's a line. Yeah. You know? And you're just like, I got to go stand in line right now. I'm going to high five you and shit. And you're just like, bro, like, I just got to, yeah, put a yeah bathroom backstage, please. Dude, the last time, so th- this happened was, and this was only probably like two years ago or so, we... We did a festival in Florida. It was a special festival, man. Uh, I think it was, I don't know. I don't want to say like Cocoa Beach or something. It was called, it was like the Fish Fest. Fish Fest. Oh, the, the Seafood Fest. The Seafood Fest. It was, yeah. And what's that? Was that the one that we did together? No, I don't think so. Okay. There was one, that other one. We did the other seafood fest in Cocoa Beach together. Okay. Are you talking about that? Maybe that, maybe I have shows mixed up. Cause I don't, I'm pretty sure you guys were not at this show. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm positive. You were not at this show. Um, and we get, we get to the venue and the security guard that's like watching our tent that's behind the stage is like an 85 year old lady. <laughs> It's the sweetest 85-year-old lady in the world, right? And then, so we get there, and like 15 minutes after we get in there, we have one tent, one little tent, and there's like four chairs in it. There's six of us. Yeah. This is where we're at, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then like these like four people roll in the tent, and it's like two older ladies and then like a 20-year-old lady and like her son. And they roll in the tent, and we're just like, Hey, what's up? And then the old lady comes around. She goes, Oh, these are my friends and their kids and and my grandkids. And I told them that it was okay for them to come back here and hang out with you guys for the show. (laughs) (laughs) What do I say to this lady? This It's like, okay. And then I'm like, well, where's the restroom? And she points over to the middle, the middle of the crowd. Yeah. And there's just a bunch of porta potties. And she goes, it's over there. I go, there's no backstage bathroom. She's like, no. 
<laughs> oh man. Oh, it's just like, was, how dare you guys? You can't, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> this was no, this is the same place because you, I think you guys did it two years in a row. Oh, and maybe. we did the one with you. Okay. And I don't know if you did the one the previous year. I think you had done the previous year and you guys came back and did it. And that's when we did the show with you guys and Coco. Okay. Um, yeah, because remember the night we played down the street and caught up with you guys across the International Palms at that bar playing pool, and you kept winning and getting everybody free beers. That's right. They were oh, it was heads or tails. Yeah, yeah this heads bar. Or tails. This bar was doing this thing. It was crazy. It was you go up to the bar and the bartender does heads or tails with you. If you win, you get a free beer. And if you lose, then you just buy a beer. I I didn't lose one time the whole night. I won like 12 straight. The bartender, the bartender was just like, what the fuck? And all I had was my card. So I couldn't even tip the guy because I, I didn't have any cash. I mean, I kept saying, I'm like, well, let just charge me for a beer on my card. And then I'll, so I could tip you at least. And he was just like, no. He was like, when you lose, I will charge you for a beer. And then I, and I never fucking lost. <laughs> I love Florida. I love yeah. Florida. Hey, everybody. Quick promo right here. Shameless. Shameless as ever. The new Ballyhoo song, Fighter, is out now. Uh, it includes Dark Sunglasses, California King, and Renegade, the previous singles from the last year. We wanted to put them all together so you had them in one place. We're super excited to have this out. We, it's completely DIY. We did it all ourselves uh, from recording to production to mixing to mastering and release. We did it all ourselves, and we're very proud of it. If you haven't checked it out yet, please go stream it wherever you listen to music. Spotify, Apple Music, and everywhere else. It's Fighter by my band, Ballyhoo. Uh, we love you, and we hope to see you at the shows. Thank you so much. Can we get some uh, some hairstyling tips, some grooming tips? Do you use mane and tail shampoo and a brush fashioned from a narwhal horn to get those luscious locks? Wow. I, I You know what? I, Original. I wish I had a brush from a narwhal horn if the narwhal was not injured in the process of getting that horn. Right, see? A dead narwhal. That's great. Like a dead narwhal. A dead narwhal. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't do much. I, I fucking. <laughs> I, I brush it when I get out of the shower once, and then that's it. <laughs> or just golden locks. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm Jewish, so I was blessed with the the curls of a Jew. <laughs> Sometimes this thing is like insane. <laughs> Not a gray. I got some on my beard. Do you, oh, okay. My beard's getting a little salt and peppery. I, I'm jealous of that beard, bro. I can't do it. I can't. It's oh, impossible. It doesn't happen. And hard. when I do, I start to just look like a degenerate. Like, I just look, no. No. It's not good. It's not a good I, look. This is my first time ever growing facial hair. And uh, I, I started it, I don't know, like maybe like six months ago, eight months ago or so. And like... I think we had like a couple weeks off from the dirty heads or something. We had like a little, so I was like, I'm just going to let it grow out see what it looks like and see if I could even grow one. And then I, I, I did it and I was going to cut it. And then my wife was like, no, I like it. I was like, I like it. Keep it. Yeah, I, was, I was surprised when I saw it, whenever you had it, you debuted it. I was like, Oh, look at this guy. Right. <laughs> beard guy. Hell yeah. And I have noticed though, uh, growing out a beard. The one great thing about it is when you, comb it or it feels so fucking good it's like oh 
oh. <laughs> great. That's great. Uh, let's see. I just saw one here. Uh, Michael Richard says, where is the cabin by the sea located? You know what? The cabin by the sea is located in a different place for every person. Everyone has their own cabin by the sea. It's in your heart. It's in your heart. I like that answer. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a Blink-182 fan? Um, you know what? Uh, I was really into their first album. Uh, was that Cheshire Cat? Yeah. Is that the first one? Yeah, I was really I so, into yeah. that album. And then the second album, the one that had like M&Ms on it and stuff like that. I was good. I, I started declining as a fan. I would say I, I got mad respect for him and I'm not, not a fan. Like I've, I'm, I've seen them live a couple of times, super fun. Um, but I, I would say I, I was a, a bigger fan of their earlier stuff. And maybe yeah. that was just cause that was the age I was at at that time. But yes, I guess you could say, yes, I'm a fan of Blake 22. Yeah. Right on. You were in a punk band. I was. And I we saw actually video on YouTube. Huh? Song. We actually would play a Blink song in that band. You did. I remember yeah. this. I, I watched most of that set. And uh, you got, oh my God, it was like, you got so mad because some dude kept spitting on you. He kept fucking spitting on me. I remember that shit. And it was, was just like, like, bro, bro, stop fucking spitting on me, man. It was great. I will fuck you up if you spit on me. <laughs> and I remember he kept going like, it's punk rock. And I was like, Oh, I will, I will show you punk rock, buddy. <laughs> and it's not spitting. It's punching. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a weird, uh, no, no, I'm not doing that. He was, it was a big mosh pit. And every time he came around the mosh pit, he would spit up on the stage and it was like hitting me. And I remember I just got the point. I was like, dude, if you spit on me one more fucking time. <laughs> Everybody go look for that video on, on the YouTube. Oh, it's crazy. Oh, man. It's uh, that. The other kid playing guitar and singing and the drummer were brothers. Okay. And the drummer was like, he was drumming for us in this punk band when he was like in like seventh grade. And I remember we would do little shows and stuff. And uh, we did one time we actually played in like at our high school, like at lunch, we played like in the high school bowl and we had to drive to his middle school and check him out. And then to come to, like, to play this show, but like this little seventh grader and he ripped, he was a great drummer. They both were great. Um, wow. And he was just, I mean, he was a seventh grader and he was a small seventh grader. So, I mean, he looked like a fourth grader. He was a very small kid and he'd be back there and all you could see is drumsticks. Just <laughs> It was rad though, man. It was, it was a good time. Oh, that's cool, man. That's yeah. awesome. Um, Dylan Lyle says, Duddy, any chance we'll get a sequel of Phantom of Summer? Yeah, man, for sure. We've been talking about it. Uh, we definitely want to do uh, an acoustic album coming up. Um, one thing we've also been talking about doing is is possibly doing an acoustic album, but maybe going back and kind of picking some of our favorite songs from all the albums and just redoing them acoustic. Hmm. Maybe like a, yeah. We, we've been talking about a lot of stuff. So, yes, there will definitely be some acoustic stuff coming out. That's great. Yeah. Now yeah. is definitely the time for this stuff, man. Dude. And I think that, like, uh, even though the songs are, you know, previously released, I mean, people love acoustic, man. Totally, man. Like, it's something that's just, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's something, it's, just, it's like drums. It's like everybody loves drums. It's just yeah. like in our DNA or some evolution. Yeah. 
caveman shit. Beat tribal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, acoustic guitar is the same. Like if you just like strum an acoustic and just a little bit of, oh, you know, it's just ugh, people love that shit. Totally. I don't know what kind of noise I just made, but <laughs> uh, Ted Bound says, "What is my age again?" What's Ted my Bound, age? Ted Bound doesn't look a day over twenty two. No, look at that guy. That guy hasn't had a worry in his life ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, let's see. Corinne says, uh, Daddy, what made you start your podcast? Uh, you know, I, I've always, well, not always, but I guess, you know, for the last five years or so, I've been really into just listening to podcasts. I love podcasts. Uh, I find myself actually these days listening to podcasts more than I listen to music. Um, uh, and, uh, I, I really enjoyed just fucking talking with people. Like I could just sit down and chat with people for fucking ever. And, uh, I, I came across a guy that owned the studio reamp studio, really cool place. And I was just chatting with him and he was like, Hey, uh, you ever thought about doing a podcast? And I was like, I haven't really put much thought into it, but I'd love to do one. He's like, I got a studio with a podcast place. Let's do it. And I just like hit my brother up. Cause my brother's, uh, He's just a funny, smart, quick, witty guy. So I was like, Hey, you want to like do a podcast with me? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So we just like how he said, sometimes it's like, you just got to do it. I didn't know. I was like, maybe we do two episodes and I realize I suck at this and we stop. I don't know. And we started doing it and we're just like, man, this is fun. Yeah, man. This is fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> you guys seem like having a lot of fun on there. I, yeah. I, Cheese was, uh, was like the first episode. I think Cheese was the first episode. Incredible wild man oh, man. <laughs> he seems like a crazy dude to hang out with he is man he's a he's a good dude he's a lot of fun uh to be around but you gotta fucking watch your back when he's around because he will do some gross shit <laughs> <laughs> oh man um yeah i uh i enjoy listening to the podcast when I, when i can catch it um i'm not listening to as many podcasts right now i guess just because i usually listen in the car you know so yeah. i'm not going anywhere so yeah um and nowadays I'm just working in here, but, um, I like the vibe of it. I like the, the approach, the style, like the feeling good. It's not just called feeling good. You're literally like bringing up one of the segments is, all right, what makes me feel good? You know? Mm-hmm. And you guys talk about one thing or something that makes you feel good. And I, I think that's a really cool little premise. Yeah, man. You know, we just kind of like with our music, it's like, uh, we like stuff that, you know, uplifting, you know, um, lighthearted but at the same time you know there is a underlined like seriousness and you know and with the podcast like we do we want you to leave going oh that was funny but we also want you to leave going yeah but that was some good points they made too like i could probably try some of that in my own life you know yeah yeah there's i i love i love when there's some sort of value from it not just it is you know like a lot of times like this podcast is mostly about just my experiences and you know just trying to give advice and like what would i do if i were to start a band right now like really help artists uh, especially going into the you know the 2020 and 2021 like what it is to be an artist today and the things got to be savvy on the social and all this stuff um but when i bring my guys on the value guys nobody learns anything it's just a shit show we're just talking about movies and video games and you know, fart jokes and dick jokes yeah. and stuff. People it's, like that too, though. Oh yeah, you, you hear that sometimes. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but uh, you know, it is nice when uh, you can inject some sort of a, a positive value that people can actually apply to their to their everyday. Totally. Some people just, you know, just are looking for some sort of a some guidance, some like a little yeah. little something, little anecdotes or something to kind of help them get through the day. You know. Totally. I mean, I know there's so many times where I've just been ch- chatting with someone or listening to a podcast or whatever, and 
they say something where you're just like, oh man, that makes so much sense for me in my life. Like that, I can use, I can utilize that. Like, you know, it's so, it's good. You just get those little gems every now and then. Yeah, it's, it's great, man. Uh, and you're on episode like 45 now? Uh, actually, uh, we just, you are going to be episode 49. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Which cool, will come man. out, uh, which will drop this upcoming Wednesday. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and can you, can you announce who's going to be episode number 50 or? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I don't even know yet. I know we were talking about that. I was like, shit, I didn't, it, I didn't realize we were so close. I should have planned this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a, uh, I think Rome was my episode 50. Oh, nice. I had, yeah. I had Rome for episode 50 and I had a uh, Nick Hexum is at 100. I saw that one. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He was great, man. It was like, he opened up and he was very, very cool. And I yeah. got a lot of great stories. And that's yeah, awesome. If you did, if you missed uh, episode 100, man, um, he went in depth with uh, the bus fire, the, the, the RV fire and stuff. Like they were, they were literally hauling a van with an RV. Like he says in the song, like driving an RV, hauling a van instead of a trailer and it caught on fire and, yeah, I think he was driving and they literally escaped with their lives. As he puts it, he had to jump Damn. through flames and his hair burnt off. He had burnt He had long hair like you and it burnt off. He had to shave it. He said, wow. just, he said it was just ash in his hands. Wow. Yeah. So go back and listen to that. <clears throat> um, let's see. Can you both perform at eco beach in Toronto and maybe bring Rome to Tabitha Stefan says, gotcha. Sure. Yeah, man. I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. Allowed <laughs> to go back out of the house. Yeah, that'd be great. Man, I'll play anywhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. Dude, Joel Patterson says, "Duddy, which closer to the sun was your favorite?" Um, well, you know, there was great moments at both of them, but uh, the the new Hard Rock, I believe, is the new place that that they're holding it. It's just a it's a better venue. Okay. It's, it's just more room. The, the stage area and stuff is better. So I think just strictly because of the venue itself, I think this last one was better okay. for me personally. Yeah. Nice. We haven't played that yet. I'm hoping to catch an invite at some point. From you guys my- haven't done Closer to the Sun? We haven't done it yet. What? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, that's insane. Yeah. People know where I live, man. You know? Oh, that's insane. They got my number. Yeah. Oh, we're going to start up. We're going to start a... Uh, Shit, a petition. That's the word. I was like, damn, I can't think of the word. I need my alpha brain. <laughs> Dude, how, how is that stuff for you? But we'll get to this question in a second. How is that for you? Because I take I, it too. I mean, I honestly really feel like I've seen a difference. You know, it's just like, you know, like if you start taking vitamins or supplements, you're not going to feel it like that day. You're not going to be like, I'm faster and stronger now. But like, as I've taken it now very consistently for probably like five, six months, I, I catch myself like being way sharper, remembering things, um, as I just couldn't think of the word petition, but I used to always be like this mid sentence going like, Oh, what's that fucking word? And it'd be a stupid word. It'd be like just boat or something like, I can't think of the word, you know, but that doesn't happen as much. And I've noticed since I started taking it, um, I remember people's names like that. I just meet, you know? And then like, normally I'm like, that shit's gone, you know, like, and then I'll see them like later and I'll be like, Hey, Jim, what? I know his name. Like, (laughs) yeah. So I I think it's helping totally, man. I, uh, I started taking it, uh, last year and I I had a gap. I didn't take it for a while. I started taking it again recently. Um, and, uh, 
the second day that I took it that night, I had the craziest dream and I hadn't, and I realized that I hadn't dreamt in a long time or maybe I did. I just didn't remember it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, Whoa, I just felt like I opened up a channel, you know, your brain just started working again. Just Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, it's, you know, it's, <clears throat> I know it's Joe Rogan's thing. It's like, you want to believe that it works, you know? And like, that's, mm-hmm. It's like, is this like uh, just in my head or whatever? But it totally it did something, you know? No, for sure. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I recommend it. You know, I've been, like I said, I've been taking it for six months and like, I, I do feel like I'm a little sharper and my memory is better for sure. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I need to try to hook up with on it and get them on. Cause like a sponsor or something. Cause they're great. I could, I could link you up with them. That'd be rad. Yeah. Cause yeah. we, uh, we take their new mood as well. Oh, I love the new mood. I use yeah. it. I use it every night. Yeah, Danielle has uh, Danielle like can get stressed out pretty easily, so I, I try to like here take this, you know. Oh yeah, totally. No, the new mood's great. Yeah, I'd love to link up with you on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, Anthony, uh, I'm just gonna say Anthony. <laughs> these first names, uh, Duddy. What are your favorite cities to play in? Um, that's you know, there's it's so many. Um, I I've always really liked Boston. I really enjoy playing in Boston. I just like Boston a lot. Um, I love Chicago. I love, obviously, you know, Colorado, just all around. Like, Red Rocks is just an amazing place to play. Um, but honestly, I, I feel like every tour, like a new I, – I find a new place that I just really love, you know. And, and there's not many places – I can't even think of one off the top of my head where I'm like, I hate playing here. Like, I, you find enjoyment in, in everywhere you play, you know, and – unfortunately a lot of times when we do go play shows all we see in that city is the venue you know you wake up you're at the venue already you play the show and then you got to drive to the next place after the show so it's really you know has a lot to do with just that night and that crowd and that vibe and that show it's kind of like where the memories come from you know yeah yeah absolutely um Dave, uh, david says uh, any chance of playing small club shows this winter it seems like larger (laughs) venues be a while still Man, if we are playing shows in the winter, I'm guessing they're going to be some small club shows. <laughs> I heard there, you know, you, there's always those rumors, you know, you hear about those new articles that come out. Who knows how real they are, but always take those things with a grain of salt, people. But um, something about uh, 250 caps might be the thing. Yeah. You know, I heard that somewhere. Well, you got to think like just because you know, they're going to be like, okay, cool. You guys can all go back out and do stuff again. Doesn't mean that everyone's going to feel comfortable with it. So there's still going to be, you know, a ma- probably a majority of people who are just like, man, I'm not going to a concert. I'm not going to the movies. I'm not trying to go be around all these people. So that's going to scare venues. That's going to scare promoters. No one's going to want to like put their money on the line to put on a huge, you know, 10,000 seater. Cause the chance of you getting 10,000 people to show up, pretty small yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as i know like that uh the green day weezer fallout boy tour is still on that's a stadium tour like, there's no fucking way there's no fucking way Sixty thousand people dude no in like august no there's no way i don't see it man there's no fucking way yeah they, th- this whole thing has been a been a whole learning experience and an adjustment and it, there's a new normal that's happening oh yeah and uh you know we're gonna have to definitely uh promoters gonna have to figure out what they're gonna do you know um, mm-hmm. if we can get to a point where you can put 250 people in a club that's something you know it's a start and that's yeah. what it's gonna be i think that uh, you know all of our first shows coming back out are gonna probably be 
small venues, small crowds. I hope it doesn't mean the ticket price is going to go up, though. You know, because they're not going to make their, you know, they have it a, you know, values are typically a ten to twenty dollar ticket, depending. Yeah, I don't want it to be fifty bucks for somebody to get in. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I have no idea like what's going to happen with all of that crap. It's just a crazy time right now. Yeah, it was already like five hundred bucks for me to see Bruno Mars a couple of years ago. <laughs> Couldn't get the damn tickets. I love uh, Bruno Mars. That dude crushes. He's a talented dude, man. Super talented. But yeah, hopefully we'll get back to some sort of normalcy quicker than, you know. Yeah, it's uh, starting to go a little stir crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm just for dumb shit. Like, I just want to go to, I just want to go out to eat. I just want to yeah. go to a restaurant. You know, <laughs> it's like, true, true. Just dumb I, shit. I heard something about it. There's a, there's a country that's um, doing like a, a uh, what's it called? Uh, immunity certificate or something where like you once you've had it you're supposedly immune to it so you can go back out into the world you just got to bring that id with you or something uh, and so they can slowly start to open things back up um because the what um fauci was saying a while back was like hey, we're not sure yet but if it's like any other virus once you have it you're immune to it so that means that particular strain you know but yeah just the, the whole not not having a vaccine thing is weird you know yeah yeah, we'll see. Just riding it out like everyone else, you know. Exactly. Just, okay. <laughs> um, we'll do a couple more, and I'll let you go, man. This this went pretty quick. Holy shit, we're almost an hour and a half. Yeah, no, no worries, man. I got. I don't, don't want nothing go. going on. Okay, cool, cool. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, here we go. Jessica says, "Duddy, what's your favorite place to play frisbee golf?" Uh, well, uh, fortunately, in Huntington Beach, there's like an amazing golf uh, frisbee golf course off of Golden West. Um, and that's where I used to play there all the freaking time. And I've played quite a few frisbee golf courses with, with traveling around, you know, with the band and whatnot. And it's one of the better frisbee golf courses right here in Huntington Beach. It's great. But uh, in Aspen, there is... Uh, you know, like one of those chairlifts, like kind of, you know, takes you up to the top of the mountain. You could kind of like see the view. There's like a little restaurant up top and everything like that. So we took the chairlift up there just to go check it out. And we got up there and there was a Frisbee golf course on the top of the mountain. And there was on right next to hole one, there was this big bucket filled with Frisbees. And it just said, please return when you're done. Wow. free so he just picked up some frisbees and went and played the course it was pretty fucking amazing man <laughs> that's great I'm, I'm really bad at outdoors yeah no <laughs> i get invited all the time like they stopped inviting me after a while but it's like all right disc golf nope <laughs> not going outdoors <laughs> yeah I, i'm just always like i don't know i've always been like an inside dude and i'd rather be like working on something yeah you know? like i yeah. don't really I'm just, I don't know. I like the <laughs> beach. I do, you know, but yeah, yeah. you know, it, I'd rather do it. Like I love the kids, but man, I'd rather just not have to chase them around and make sure they're not drowning and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, local radio station here in ocean city, ocean 98, Ivy radio. It was your favorite memory of secrets in ocean city. Memory of secrets. Oh my God. Secrets is wild, man. Um, my favorite memory well, unfortunately, I don't think I have very many memories from Secrets because it's <laughs> pretty wild. Um, Drinks flow. 
the drinks flow. I don't know if I have like a crazy memory from secrets. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I, I know we always have a great time and it's always a wild party. I know that for sure, but I, I can't think of like a crazy memory at this moment. <laughs> it gets fuzzy, bro. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, those, we play it once or twice every summer and it's just yeah. craziness, you know, Yeah, go up there and like hang out with the station for like a, a little bit and then. Oh my God. I do have a memory. So- I have a memory. Uh, and it's like a sad one. Oh. Uh, but so, you know, your feelings out in front of secrets, you know, they had the little like apartments that that's your green room, mm-hmm. you know, and we were on like the second story just hanging out after the show, like late and everyone's starting to leave the, you know, secrets they are closing down. And there was this drunk kid and he walks up and he sees me on the balcony and he's like, daddy, what's up? And he's like all hammered and he's like totally wasted. And I'm just like, what's up, bro? And he's just like, come down here and hang out. And I'm like, nah, man. He's like, come on, come down here. And right as I, right as he's doing that from the bottom, uh, Big B, we were, I think we were trying to be his drummer at the time. It was not Big B. He had nothing to do with this. He actually felt really bad and helped the kid up and everything. But uh, his drummer at the time, for some reason, thought the kid was like yelling at me, like talking shit. Oh, man. So he, I just, and I had, I didn't even see him. So I'm just yelling at the kid. I'm like, nah, man, thanks for coming. You know, have it. And I just see this guy run out and just freaking picks this kid and just throws him and there's like all these like a uh, bikes locked up and he throws him into these bikes and the kid just crumbled into a ball of bikes and kickstands in his back and he was just like what a-? i was just like no why are you hurting this poor drunk kid <laughs> oh so that's oh, my memory man. from secrets <laughs> yeah that is a sad story damn sad it. story that sucks oh man no we we uh we love ocean 98 over here yeah, <laughs> they, they support both of our bands, man. They play like all the bands in the genre. They they kill it. Thank you guys so much for that. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, I like this question. Jake says, "Any chance of a Duddy B signature guitar in the future?" You know what? It's uh, I have a really close relationship with Ernie Ball, and uh, Brian Ball is a good friend of mine. And all the electrics that you see me play on stage, I've designed um, with them. And Brian was talking to me after the last one. He was like, man, you always make really cool looking guitars. Like the guitars you always end up with are really rad looking. Like you sh- we should make like a Duddy B guitar. And I was like, we fucking should. Fuck yeah. There's nothing set in stone or a date or anything like that. But we chatted about it for a quick sec. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that we, I'm sure we would all love to see something like that. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. If, it was, uh, if I was going to do a guitar... I always think about this. It would literally be like, probably be like a, a, a Fender Strat or Fender Telecaster body with uh, one knob. That's it. Oh, yeah. Just one pickup, one knob. Yeah. Maybe, you know, the, the volume knob is, you, you kind of adjust for tone a little bit, but totally. no tone knob. Like, it'd be one tone. That's it. You know, yeah. like nothing crazy. And it'd probably be like fucking pink or something. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) very simple when it comes to the the guitar sounds. Shit. Sorry. My, uh, my low battery just popped up here on my laptop, but I I could always go run and grab a charger though. If I need to, it's up to you. If you want to hang for a little bit longer, it looks like I got like 6% left. So, Okay. Um, we're good for a bit. If it okay. shuts off, that's what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll try to finish up here. Uh, did you see any ghosts in the empty pool at the rave Eagles ballroom in Milwaukee? 
Um, I didn't see any ghosts, but I will tell you it is creepy, but I did, this did happen and I'll tell this story and then I'll just go gra- run and grab my charger real quick. Okay. Um, we were playing there with modest Yahoo and we went down there, uh, after the show is late, we're drinking and and we fucking hear like so we go down there and Modest Yahoo is by himself in the back corner of that creepy room, sitting there doing like weird chants. What? Like, yeah. It was actually really cool. It sounded amazing. I mean, he's got a really nice voice. And a great he was, voice, yeah. He was doing uh, this is when he, this is back when he was still very like into into his religious religious, you know, guy. And uh so he was doing I don't know what he was chanting, but it was a little creepy, but also pretty rad. <laughs> <laughs> That's just great, man. Yeah. That's I'm awesome. uh yeah. I'm just gonna go grab my charger, I'll be right back. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh my back. Yo, thanks everybody for tuning in over here, man. Uh, this has been super awesome. Um, let's get a, let's get a few more questions in here. He's been cool enough to hang out this long. He's grabbing his charger. So if you got a really good question, man, I'll, I'll try to pick it out for him. Something uh, something you really want to know or anything like that. Uh, make sure you're uh, if you're not already, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know when I go live, and uh, maybe subscribe to the uh, Tales from the Green Room podcast on your podcast app, or whatever. Uh, last night was insane, by the way. Thanks to everybody that came out to the or came out. Thanks everybody that came out last night to the uh, the daydreams. <laughs> insane. Uh, we had a great night. I so many memories just came flooding back um, from uh, you know nine years ago when we recorded that record. Um, the guitar that I played, that black Telecaster with the Earl sticker on it, I actually, that's the guitar that I recorded Daydreams with. That's the guitar all over, all over that record. So it's just sits here in my studio and I figured maybe I would, uh, I would bring it back out for that special event. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a great, awesome night. So thank you guys for tuning in and all support. Why is that? And we're back. I think we're back. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Nice. And that was a nice time for me to refill my coffee as well. Oh, good. Yeah, I know. I wish. Damn it. I'm all, I got one step left. I just realized how much this cup actually matches the photo in the background. Yeah. That's, dude, weird. that's weird. Wow. You. Yeah. <laughs> got a thing for spirals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matthew so Rhodes. This is solid, Howie Spangler. Thanks, Matt. Oh, Matt. Uh, I think I'm able to say this. I hope I don't mess something up for you, Matt. Uh, Jared actually just did a track with Tropodelic, and it's fire. They announced it uh, yesterday, I think, or the day before. Did they announce it? Last okay, week. good. It's announced, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's dude. coming out, I think, next week. Matt, yeah, am I right? Yeah. Um, that it's a sick. great track. It's a great track, and it's funny uh, – they they hit us up and they're like, we want one of you guys to do this track, you know. And Jared had listened to it before I did, you know. And I was, I was like, it's a great track. He was like, it's like, can I do you mind? Like, I like this song. Like, do you mind? I was like, go ahead, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> it's all you. He killed it too. It sounds great. That's great. I yeah. can't wait to hear it, man. Matt, send me a, send me a preview, bro. Come on, we're friends, right? Um. <laughs> Let's see. What kind of coffee you got, Duddy? Oh, dude. You know, as we're on the, uh, the, this is the mushroom coffee with the lion's mane in it. It is. 
Really? It is really good. Bro, send me some links. Dude, I will. It's uh, This is other stuff where it's... I love this mushroom coffee. Like it doesn't mess with my stomach as much as I'm a, I'll drink a full pot of coffee. No problem. Same. I just love it. I drink coffee normally until my stomach hurts. And then I know I've had enough, (laughs) Um, but not this, this mushroom coffee. Like it doesn't mess with my stomach at all. And it's really good for your brain. And it just, it's got like, it's, I I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Please send me some links. Uh I'm just drinking like some, standard bullshit from walmart dude like good yeah. value donut shop or something i mean i'll drink that shit too don't get me yeah. wrong yeah. it's gotta be it's gotta be like the you know the bold like at least a medium brew you know but yeah, uh, yeah. like i don't get down with the light shit but um and it's just black just straight oh black. i'm straight black yeah i don't yeah. mess with I, yeah. I don't fuck with the cream anymore like no. i realize like i get enough sugar in my diet you know yeah and i've since tried to do, be better about that but as soon as i cut out the cream i just start feeling better man Oh yeah, you man. realize what that shit does to your body. Oh, it's just all that extra shit's bad. Yeah, sure. you know what? I I cut out as a. I mean, I didn't completely cut out. Like, I'll still have a beer every now and then, or uh, you know, I'll, I'll drink like a like a nice whiskey, like straight or whatever. But like, I used to just be like a. I never was like a soda guy, but when I would drink, I would always just drink like Jack and Coke. That was my thing. And like touring, it was just like fucking Jack and Cokes, boom, 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 boom. And like three or four years ago, I just completely cut that out. And all the only thing I drink now is vodka and soda water. That's it. That was like an instant difference. I felt like just cut everything out. If I drink, it's vodka and soda water. That's it. And I saw such a difference. Like, (laughs) okay. Yeah. And so you're not, you're not ripping shots or anything. No, like I said, like I'm not, I don't go out. Like when I'm home, I don't go out to bars and shit like that. Like if, if I'm hanging out with some buddies or, or if we're, if it's after a show and the guys are like, you know, Matt, Matty, is really into tequila. So he'll always get like decent tequilas around, you know? And if, if they're like, Hey, let's take a shot. I'll, I'll fucking take a shot with you. I'm not like a Nazi about it, but like, no, for the most part, like, no, I'm not ripping shots back and I don't drink beer much anymore. I just, as I got older, I started realizing I was like, damn, Every time I drink, I drink Jack and Coke and I don't even drink Coke. So now I just had like four Cokes last night. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Right. You start like, oh, I got you that start to think about that. And I was like, that's gross. And then I just was like, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> that's interesting to think about it that way. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I love a good like rum and Coke or rum and diet or something every now and then. It's delicious. And when you drink like three or four of them in a night, you're like, yeah. Oh yeah. I drank like a lot of Coke last night. Yeah. And then if you have like a big night, you're like, dude, I drank like a two liter of Coke last night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I never drink soda, man. I never. Done. Like LaCroix. Look, look, I love LaCroix. if you're an asshole. Dude, no, you're right? It is LaCroix. I don't care what you say. And I will drink the fuck out of 13 of those right now. <laughs> Same. Yeah. We, uh, we, we did this thing where we started, um, here's a good tip. Oh, here's the, here's one of the learning moments on the podcast for you artists out there. When you're on, next time you go on tour, um, we started, uh, cutting out the booze for the most part, um, and for this on the shows, um, just really laying back. And some of the guys will still get like a small, like a six pack or something. And it usually lasts a few days, you know, um, the cooler's still full from the last run. Um, <laughs> but, uh, what we'll do is we'll, we'll cut it out and we'll take the, uh, we'll be like, yo, just get like a 12 pack of LaCroix water, of course, you know, hummus, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and we take the rest of the money from the buyout and we just give it to each, we just spread it out. That's and great. So you put that on top of your per diem. 
Did you start coming home with money? Hell yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're in a band where the guarantees aren't so high yet and you're still playing the small bars and things like that and like the deals aren't great, if you can work that out in your deal, uh, take the buyout money and just spread yeah. it amongst yourselves. Yep. You know, and uh, especially works if you're like, <clears throat> if you're inter- intermittent fasting, which is great, it's great for your body, it means you're not eating like all day long. So you spend less money anyway. So you're going to save money that way. And it's great. And if the, if the venue is paying for dinner, like if they're just, if it's like a buffet style or, or you get like a meal ticket or something, uh, you get to pocket that money, man. You end up yep. making like 20 or 30 bucks a day. You know, it, I, you know, you're on the road for a month. You add that up. It adds up. Yeah, it adds up. <clears throat> no, it's true, man. It's, it's funny. It's, and it's like, we, we, we still have drinks and stuff, you know, after the show, we don't, we don't drink before the show. Um, but you know, back in the day, even I would say even five or six years ago, you know, like there was no leftover booze. No, it wasn't leftover booze. Now it tours over and it's like, well, I'll take these three bottles and you know, like everyone's just like filling up their bags with full bottles of booze that never got touched. You're like, yeah. It's pretty funny how things change, you know? Back, yeah. Back in the, back in our twenties, uh, in the, in the two thousands, it was amazing. Um, I remember in, I think in like, Oh, eight, we played some, uh, green turtle, like a chain restaurant down in uh, Southern Maryland. And, uh, we had, you know, we got our, our case of beer and the guy's like, uh, the guy brings the case of beer on ice. And for whatever reason, some of these bars like to pop all the tops. I hate that. You're like, bro, You're like, now I'm going to have stale ass beer. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Um, so we get all these beers and it's like, there's 24 beers there. And we start pounding them. Like it's, it's like 4 PM. Like we're done sound check and that's it. And, and we're like, Hey man, um, you, can we get some more beers for later for the stage? He's like, you're not going to drink all this now. We're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. of course we are. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if I look at that shit now. I'm like, get that away from me. No, <laughs> I had my show that I drank too much and I'll never do it again. Never again. It's, never again. it's, I always say it's like, it's way better to have a drink after the show, celebrating how good the show was rather than having a drink afterwards to, you know, soak up your sorrows. Cause you just played like shit, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I never have after show drinks anymore. Like it's just yeah. once the show's over, I'm like, okay. I do. I still do after the show. Cause I don't, I don't really like, it's funny. Like I stop. I don't even really eat before the show. Like I'll have like a light lunch. And then I don't really eat the rest of the day. And then I don't drink before the show. So when that show's over, I, I'm like, dude, give me some food and give me a fucking cocktail. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> yeah. I, find, I find myself going back to the hotel and every now and then I'll, I'll still be feeling it. I'll take a beer. And this is every now and then I'll, I'll sit there with a beer. I'm going, why, why am I doing this? I'm yeah. just going to go to sleep in like 20 minutes. Oh dude. Yeah. So, I don't know. No, um, it's funny. Like with, uh, yeah, within like 20 minutes after the show, I'm I've got a solid buzz and I'm full. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, cuz I'm like I'm like straight to the bus, I make a cocktail, a couple fat reps and you know, and I start eating. So like I'm just like instantly like, "Ah, okay. <laughs> Everything's I'm back. I'm back." <laughs> uh Jay says, "Thanks Howie for all the killer live stream shows. Duddy saw you in Rome and KC recently and it was amazing. Any chance for a Rome Duddy acoustic album?" Yeah, 100%. Um 
you know, unfortunately, because of all this, it's going to take longer to get out. We were planning on getting to work on it right when we got home from the tour. We actually already have a handful of songs that we've written for it. Um, but, you know, we ain't trying to get in the studio right now together and all that. And we want to have some cool musicians come in and play on it with us. So we're just kind of waiting for this all to die down. And I think we're going to probably end up going to Nashville to record it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have, uh, <clears throat> didn't you guys uh, do the last record there? We did. Yeah. 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 We did it at, uh, with, uh, Dave Cobb. It was awesome. It was really cool to work with him. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's good to um, mix it up, man. And, uh, it, Nashville's not straight country anymore. It's really not. It's like Nashville's great. I fucking, lo- I honestly, I love it there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if I ended up owning a pad there one day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. a rad music town, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Rome is saying the same thing. He's like got a place or getting a place out there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We got, uh, any of you guys ever been to Tijuana before? <laughs> Bro, I live in Southern California. I could throw a rock to Tijuana. <laughs> I've, I've been there so been many there. times. Oh my God. That's, I mean, we used to go there all the fucking time. Never been there. <laughs> it's crazy. And, uh, here we go. We would go right past, uh, Tijuana, you go right past Tijuana and then you, you pass Rosarito. There's this little uh, gated community called um, Las Gaviotas. And we used to go every summer, like twice a summer. You could rent these houses right there on the beach. And it's a cool little gated community. And we would go there and get a couple houses right next to each other and just party our fucking asses off. And yeah, you know, go, go into Tijuana, go to Rosarito, do all that. Good times. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. I've been to Mexico, I think once. Um, and that was for that thing we did together in 09. We talked about on your pod, um, that beach bash thing. And it was yeah. very poorly attended. Uh, that guy had a, Dude, we were laughing about that on a few episodes ago. I had Christian on and we were dying. We we're like, dude, this thing was set up. This festival was set up for like a 20,000 person beach fest lined with vendors the vendors were there cooking food all their trinkets up to sell stuff i mean this thing was set up for twenty thousand fucking people to come party and about eight people showed up (laughs) and i'm not exaggerating like eight people you're not nobody showed up the only people watching the show were the other bands that were there Mm mm-hmm nobody showed up and it was a two day thing and it happened both days. Yeah. I I have two great memories from that. One was when Jared took me back to the van to listen to lay me down a year before it was on the radio. So I just did this song with this kid, Rome, check this out. And I was like, yo, play that shit again. Like it was so good. It was so good. And then, you know, the rest is history. Um, But then we all climbed into your van. There was like, 21 of us if I remember. I remember we were laying on top of each other just stacked up and i remember i used to wear my fucking keys and shit my laminates like everywhere on tour like oh my god i remember this this was the best this is such a great burn again <laughs> we get we had oh my god we get in the van we're all piled up and i'm like in the middle between i think christian was driving or something like that or yeah anyway we're all laughing and like, oh God, legs everywhere and shit. And Christian, it gets, uh, it was the perfect moment. It got silent and Christian's like, yeah, it'd be a lot more room in here if uh, Howie took off his 311 laminate. 
everybody was like, Ooh. wow, it was such oh, a good burn. Dude. So we cruised down this dirt road and ended up on this rooftop bar in Mexico drinking, you know, Corona's or whatever else. And it was like the best night, man. Dude, I'll never forget too. And I remember uh, something that I, st- I still say on the regular, or, or it's like an ongoing thing with our band. And, uh, cause when we were walking out of that rooftop bar and we were heading back to the van, I don't re- remember if you, there was like a dude, like a transvestite dude that was dressed like a chick and obviously had gone through some transition and he had this big old fake boob. Sorry, I'm trying to let my daughter hear me. And he's standing on the corner. And as we all walk by, he's just going, you can touch my titties for free. You can touch my titties for free. And he just kept saying it. Just like, we don't want to. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh dude. That's incredible. Oh man. So Okay. I'm going to go ahead and just, this is Alpha Brain in its finest. Jesse Andre yeah. was the promoter of that show. He was. He was. <laughs> Jesse Andre, if you are listening to this, please hit us up and let us know how much you lost on that because it had to be quite a bit. <laughs> He's such a great dude, man. The nicest guy ever, dude. He's the nicest guy. I love that, man. Um, let's see. What is Greg Shields talking about it? Is there still a house on the mountain shaped like a pair of tits? I think it's on the way to TJ, but somewhere in Cali, someone confirmed. It's not a house in the mountains shaped like it. It's it's on the beach area. If you're right, I think it's right around where Camp Pendleton is. And uh, I'd say that's probably 40 minutes from Mexico uh, in between Huntington Beach and San Diego. It's like, and then you're driving there and it's like, I, I, I don't know what they are for, but yeah, there's these two like, and, the, and that's, they just look like big metal boobs. <laughs> oh dude. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I sent, uh, yeah. I sent uh Danielle a video of that. We were, we were, we were driving by and I was like, there they are. And I said it to yeah. her. She yeah. just like sent me back one of the, the emoji, like with the, the flat just. <laughs> come on don't be lame don't be 12 it's a uh, nuclear reactor kyle says yeah yeah nu- that's right. nuclear boobies yeah oh, oh this looks sweet stephanie rogers says daddy do you remember trying to braid the little girl's hair in indianapolis for her first show oh was it at the hair was it at the kiss kiss bang bang uh hair styling thing when we were doing it for this radio station it was mohawks and mullets and the band, we were all there and fans were coming in. And if they wanted a haircut from us, they either had to get a mullet or a mohawk. And we were giving people. <laughs> and then there was a cute little girl there. I remember I braided her hair. I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but. Oh, that's really nice, though. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, everybody's talking about the nuclear boobs now. <laughs> let's get back to real stuff, people. Come on. An educational show. <laughs> uh, any plans to dread your hair or just leave it long and awesome? Today? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. Uh, that's amazing. I, there, someone asked me that like ten years ago if I was because I had long hair, and I was like, "No, I'm not. No, I'm not doing no, that. Not for me, and nothing wrong with it. It's just not for me, man. Yeah, not for me either. Um. Let's see. Okay, that was. It looks like it was the little girl from that Mullets oh, cool. and Mohawk place. Okay, cool. Awesome, awesome. 
My two favorite podcasts collide. Yeah, there you go. Bam. We did it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she loves Duddy. A bunch of people helped us uh, set it up. Set it up for to meet him. I have pictures. She's that's cool. That's awesome. That that's one of the best things is when you can uh, when you can accommodate things like that for people that you know. It's it. One of the things that that I try to stress, and I don't run into many dickish, you know, rock stars or whatever people doing music. Like most people understand what this is and they know why they're there. It's you know, we make cool music. At least we like to think we make cool music, and uh, people are drawn to it. And that is how that is the reason why we get to the heights that we can get to. It's because if you didn't have listeners, you wouldn't that's it. You'd have the music for yourself, which I think is just where it, it should always start from. You write your music for yourself. But if you have a goal to like take it somewhere, the only way you're going to do that is with people that are watching or listening, paying attention. Totally. And, uh, you know, when, <clears throat> when you can do things like that, like take a second to braid a girl's hair or give somebody a mohawk and, you know, do those appearances, uh, it just goes a long way. You know, it's, 100%, uh, man. People appreciate it. And it's easy for me, you know, but I've had people tell me things like I literally saved their lives and things like that from people hurting themselves, you know, and, and how do you process that? How do you like, it's something that you, uh, you, I can't think that anybody would even think of me in that way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? In a mm-hmm. position where they look up to me in that, in that light. And uh, it's, it's hard to kind of, get over yourself on that. It's like, really? Like you think that I'm just some guy, you know, writing songs. And, uh, I'm sure you got, you've had the same experiences. hundred percent. Yeah. And honestly, it's, uh, it's a great feeling. It really is, you know? And it's, uh, like you said, when you first start, it's for yourself, you're right. You're playing music because you love music and you're interested in learning the guitar or something. And then you start doing it and you're like, wow, I love this. I'm going to start writing songs. You're not your first song you write. You're not like, Oh, this is going to be a single. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, Oh, I want to try to do this. Cause it's fun yeah. and I enjoy it. And then, you know, you get a band and then, you know, you, you go out and you play a couple shows and you're like, Oh fuck, this is great. I really like this. And then, you know, to keep going from there, you know, it's like, you really have to have like this passion for it. And it's like, we talked about earlier, it's like, you could fake it, to make it, but that shit's so easy to see, man. And you're not going to, and unless you go overnight success with that, you're not going to stick with it because you don't actually love it. And it's a long, hard fucking road. But when you finally, you know, you do it for a long time cause you love it. But then you get to that place where you start getting messages from people like, Hey man, I just want to let you know, this song you wrote really helped me. I was going through a tough time and you're like, wow, that's fucking awesome. You know, cause music's helped me in the same way many times. So now I'm doing that for other people. It's like, it's a good feeling. It is a great feeling. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, John Paul says, what's your favorite uh, golf course around the United States? <sighs> oh, that's some, that's a good one. I've gotten, I've been lucky to play a few like TPC in Florida, which was amazing. Um, there's a really beautiful course here. I enjoy playing um, Monarch Bay. And I, I like it strictly because it's one, it's absolutely beautiful, but it's playable. It's not easy, but it's not like so difficult to where you're just fucking hating yourself. So you get this nice, beautiful course that they take care of like really well. And you're on the ocean in the most beautiful view. And 
you could also enjoy it. <laughs> Not just like, ah, I hate myself. Um, there's a, like, for instance, there's a course, a Trump course uh, in Palos Verdes in Long Beach area. And it's right on the ocean, like the most magnificent views you've ever seen in your life. And they made this course so fucking hard. It's just not even enjoyable. You're just like, what the fuck, dude? And then it's got, it's a Trump course. So it's so over the top. It's like fake rocks with waterfalls. It's like so over the top, but you're just like, you, you, you hit the ball like a foot off the fairway gone. You'll never find it. You're just like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's enjoyable. Yeah, there's there's a lot of I've played so many amazing courses, man. That's that great thing about golf is like no matter where you're at, you get out on the golf course and you're just like, oh, I'm away from everything for a bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't play golf, but I can see the appeal. It's great being out there either by yourself or with your homies and like yep. you got the cooler with you and all that stuff. And totally. dresses up nice. Yeah, it started. I mean, for me, like I didn't really start golfing until I was like 25, you know, and it started with that. It was like I had friends that golfed and they would always ask me to come. Nah, I don't want to come. So then I was like, OK, I'll come. And at least I'll just drive it around in a golf cart, and have some beers. Sure. Every now and then hit a ball. Sounds great. And then you go and you do it. And then like you have like one good hit. And you're like, oh, that was kind of fun. And then I was just fucking it addicted <laughs> i fell so hard in like I, I i fell so hard in love with golf for a bit there it got it got weird <laughs> yeah uh micah michelle from my ration is a huge golfer yeah yeah he's good he tweets all the time about golf it's good yeah yeah i've golfed it. with him a couple of times he's a good golfer that's good yeah i golf with micah the other micah from my a lot too he oh, lives cool. not far from me okay yeah uh Oh, I love this. Angela says, I played the song Oxygen for my 90-year-old father last week, and he's had a repeat since. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> when, that is amazing. When your shit can be literally all ages, you know, you got a five-year-old and a 90-year-old, you know, and everything yeah. in between. That's the best. Uh, I just have a question for Angela. If your father is 90, how old are you? Because you don't look that old. True. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Did your father have you maybe. at like 70? <laughs> it's like some McJagger shit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I know. I'm like, I'm like right here, like in my living room. I'm like, my kids are like quarantined in there back. <laughs> nice. how, are, how are the kids handling it? They're handling it well. They're, they're actually being super good sports about it. And, uh, we're luckily, uh, like four or five days ago, our, we got a pool put in, it got finished in our backyard, a pool. So they're just like <laughs> jumping and swimming and they're just like, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I don't yeah. My kids are mad. They got to do schoolwork still. Oh uh, yeah. Totally. Same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. This, this is a good uh, question here. Kelly says, who's the idea to get, uh, Mr. Belding in the vacation video? Dude, you know what? It was Someone from our label, I believe, uh, we were on tour and that single hit and it was starting to do well. So we needed to get a video done like immediately, but we were on the road. So we were like trying to come up with ideas to do a video that we were not in, you know, that none of us were going to be in the video. And then someone from the label hit up like, Hey, I know Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell. Like, 
what if he was just like dan- like dancing through us high school singing it? We were like, of, of course, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> yeah. That person needs a raise. That was a, that was yeah, a great. It, it was a it was great. Really cool. Yeah. So you know, it was one of the words. He came. He ended up coming to a show and hanging out, and then he's like can I come up on stage with you guys and sing that song? And I was like, of course, sure. So dude, I'm thinking he's going to walk out, you know, sing it for a second. And just like, dude, he comes out and straight backs to backs with me into the mic and just starts belting like, Hey, Hey, Hey. And it was so loud and so off key and just so aggressive. It was just like, Whoa, dude. And he didn't leave. He just stayed there the whole time. Just like eating it up. Just, it was pretty awesome. That's great. I, I was there. I, that was that, that high oh, fest. That's right. You were there. side stage. And that's I, right. right before he left, he did the thing with you guys and he was about to leave. And I, I kind of felt bad, but I was like, look, I, and I don't like to do, I don't like to approach people, you know, like yeah. famous people, but I was like, come on, this is my only time ever. Come on. I was like, yeah. Hey man, I'm such a huge fan. I was a huge, I've seen every, every episode. Save yeah, for sure. Huge fan, man. I was like, please, I wasn't just some bullshit. Oh, I saw you in the video. Like, yeah. I'm a fan. So I was like, bro, I got a picture and photo. very nice. And he's super nice. He was all about letting people have photos and all the good for shit. Sure, yeah. Um, let's see for both of you guys being, being you guys who have traveled all over, what is your go-to place you have to eat on tour? Like when you go to Pittsburgh, I have to have Permanti brothers, Christian pick. Well, I guess it's where, where are you? You know, yeah. I, I like to get like the local cuisine you know like if i'm in philly i'm getting a philly cheesesteak you know what i mean it's like that like i guess it's just where where you're at you know it depends yeah i uh i i'm gonna i'm just totally giving myself away here um i'm gonna get shit for this later uh on the eric rock monitor in december we ended up in new york city and we got it got there a day early had a day off and i wasn't feeling well they, they wanted to go out and have have some drinks and chill I was like, I'm just going to stay and chill out because I was starting to feel under the weather. And uh, I was going to get some New York pizza, right? In my defense, I was going to get some New York pizza, okay? And I ended up, um, I was looking it up, and it was like $25 for like a a medium or something. I'm like, man, I don't want to spend $25 on a pizza, right? I called Domino's, bro. It was like $8. I got a whole large, and it lasted me all night. And then I told them, told them what happened. I knew that I knew they could say they gave me so much shit, dude. Oh, they gave me so much shit. You got a Domino's in New York. In New York, and I was like, oh, so dumb. I'll put it out there. I don't give a shit. But uh, yeah, they gave me so much shit for for days about that. That's so. Let me live it down. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like I said, it's kind of like where you are. You know, I, I don't know. I don't have like a. I mean, there's like Chiba Hut in Denver, which is great. Yeah, that's a good spot. Uh, Fort Collins, I think they have as well. Um, you know, uh, we try to hit like any sort of like legit like Mexican spot when we're in Southern California. Oh yeah, um, they're all place over. where like everything's in Spanish. Like it, there's oh yeah, nobody speaking English. You know, what we like to do too is just like ask people. Like even the venue workers, like like what's the dope local spot? You know, yeah. try that out. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Danielle says, who can we expect to collab with after quarantine or maybe one that's being planned in quarantine? 
Um, I got no collabs in the works right now, except for me and Rome trying to finish that. Um, Jared just did that collab with Tropidelic, what's coming out soon, which will be fire. And, uh, yeah, I got nothing set up right now, but I'm always open. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm always working in here too. Like we said it the other day, like we should link up and do something. That'd be fun. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I just want to like come up with something cool and different. Like yeah. doing my, do my, uh, <clears throat> my solo shit. Um, there's no uh, expectations, I would think. There's no, like, real um, – nobody's like, oh, this is the sound. Like, I can do kind of whatever I want. You totally. Know? Yeah. I'm down to, like, mess around. So that'd be cool, man, to, to do some stuff together. No, for sure. Well, we're, you know, talking about – we're definitely doing another Roman Duddy Friends and Family Tour next year. So um, we'll have to have you come out. We'll do a song together so that we can play it on that tour. And, yeah, that'll be awesome. I would love that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Let me uh, let me get one more in here. We've been going two hours, and I don't want to keep you, man. Yeah. Jason Shooter probably. says, what made you get into the clothing industry of the Cutlass? Um, you know what? Uh, my good friend, Dean, uh, he, he's been in that business his whole life. He, he was one of Hurley's head designers for like 12 years, and he wanted to start his own clothing line, and he hit me up and was like, hey, man, you know, I want to do this clothing line. Here's my idea. Like, you want to be a part of it? And I was just kind of like, fuck yeah, man. Um I love doing stuff, man. I love projects. I'm down for anything. I'll give anything a try, you know? So, um, that's kind of how it fell in. It was just a good buddy of mine and he wanted to try and start it. And I was in and we, we started just wrapping our heads around the idea and brainstorming and coming up with stuff. And it's just been growing ever since. And it's, it's been fun. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, well, dude, thanks a lot for coming on to the show. Dude, thanks for having me. That was great. And thanks for spending so much time with us, man. I'm sure everybody here appreciates it. Yeah, man. I'm super fucking busy right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Calendar is packed. Yeah. But uh, so, ah, hold on. Alexa, set the heat to 69. The <laughs> is right there. Uh, Thank you. There you go. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, man. My pleasure. Uh, so the show's the show's pretty much about just like uh, like my experiences and my guest experiences and sort of um, just kind of look for some sort of a nugget of wisdom or, or some advice or you know it doesn't have to be anything crazy but what what would you say for anyone that's trying to get not just music but into the creative um, you know what, if somebody has a dream a goal and uh, they're scared to do it or whatever I mean what what do you what do you say to those people. Well, um, like we talked about a little bit in the beginning, like it, you're always going to be scared to try and do something new, but you gotta, you gotta just start doing it, take little baby steps to just get going. And then, um, one thing I always uh, tell people too, like, which is very important, which has always been huge for me, which I was blessed with is like, if you're going to do something like a band or whatever, that's going to involve other people to make sure the people that you join up with and the people that you're going to start your company with or start your band with or whatever are got the same mindset as you and, you know, positive, good energy people that are willing to work hard. Like, cause dude, if you surround yourself with just negative people that are just going to drag you down, like that shit will fucking eat at you forever. Just like I just the people you surround yourself with and your team you put together is so freaking important, man. So if you got any weird feelings about someone or you're just like, man, I know this isn't going to work in the back of my head. Cause just dude, just surround yourself with great positive people. And, um, that's just like, I was very lucky with my band members and everything. They're just all great fucking dudes that work hard and 
we pick each other up. And if someone's having a rough time, we, we figure out how to help them. And that's fucking huge, man. That Build your community with awesome people. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful advice, man. Thank you so yeah. much for taking us out on that, dude. dude. Yeah, no, my pleasure, man. You heard it here first, people. Uh, well, thanks for tuning in for uh, episode 112. Of, 112, uh, man. Yeah, 112. Nice. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Tales from the Green Room podcast. Duddy B, go follow him on all the socials right there. There's his little at sign. Yeah. Um, check him out on Instagram. And uh, yeah, there it is right there. <laughs> uh, I'm sure these people would love to see you uh, go live at some point, man. Just do some. Totally. Of yeah, I'm going to. Um... We're, we're hooking up something right now with Dirty Heads. I think we're going to do like a little Dirty Heads and Monster Energy live stream where we're going to play like a full set. But I'm also going to start just going live more myself and just jamming a couple acoustics here and there and cool, man. talking with people. So, yeah, stay That's tuned. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah, well, make sure you guys follow and, uh, and catch all that. But um, right, man. And uh, look for that Dirty Heads record sometime soon. I can't wait to, to hear the stuff, man. Yeah, man, I'm excited to put it out, man. It's, it's, it's fun stuff. You guys are going to dig it. Hell yeah. Well, everybody, thanks again for for watching, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Later, y'all. Peace. Peace.